Cod Moth. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Now, a quick housekeeping message to kick off this episode. The Mustachioed Podcastio has officially joined Podmoth Media, which is why you heard a little something different at the beginning of this episode. I'm excited to bring that big mustache energy to the network, and please do check out the other podcasts that they offer when you can. In fact, you may even hear many of the hosts from those podcasts on this very show in the near future, so definitely check that out. Now that we're done with that announcement, I do first want to say that we have not had many like buddy comedy or buddy action type movies on the show. And when our guest today requested 1991's Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, first of all, that name is absolutely insane. <laughs> but, I, but I saw the trailer and I just knew it was right for the show. And yes, Don Johnson does sport a hell of a mustache in the movie, but you know, he isn't often seen sporting a stash outside a film. But you know who has been? The great Giancarlo Esposito. Plus, he wears some like Jimi Hendrix type clothes that makes his character kind of, I don't know, he plays a character named Jimmy in the movie. It makes him kind of dope and I like it. So today we honor you, Giancarlo Esposito. We really wish you had ducked instead of standing still and taking a bullet in the <laughs> chest in this movie. Anyway, let's rev up our chopper engines and hit the road. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Mustachioed Podcastio. This is your host, Daniel Segura. And I have a special treat for everybody today. Um, this is a man who is from Sacramento, who I have gotten to know pretty well uh, in the last few months. He is a fellow colleague and listener of the Grindbin Podcast, who many of y'all are aware of that show. That is the the um, movie review podcast that talks about exploitation and, and uh, grindhouse films from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, they don't pay me to say this stuff, but it just happens that we have a lot of mutual friends. So Charles is an awesome dude. Um, I don't know his last name, but I know his first name is Charles. And I, I don't know if he's okay with me calling him Charlie, because I like the name Charlie better. I'll ask him when I, when I bring him in. So, hey, Charlie, how's it going today, man? Good, good, Daniel. I'm, I'm doing pretty good tonight. <laughs> awesome, man. So how do you feel? What do you prefer for people to call you? You know, uh, I prefer Charlie. Uh, okay, yeah. S- Sir Charles has been just a, my screen name forever kind of thing. When I lived in Reno, I was Sir Charles of Reno. I've lived in Sacramento now for pretty much, it seems like, an eternity. And so I adopted <laughs> that name for here. Oh, nice. So, so, yeah. so, um, so, are you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Northern Bay Area, uh, oh. a real small town. Uh, it's it's uh, Sonoma, the, in the heart of the wine country. Very nice. Now, the one thing I am very well aware about you is you have a passion for the Vans. Oh, 
that's actually how I discovered the grind bin uh, over a year ago now. My yeah. God, yeah. So you've been a part of the part of the fam for for a while now. So so you you were like. So, okay, tell me the process. So you're into vans. Did you just literally search for the van? Like, were you looking for <laughs> someone that talked about that movie? No. So actually, okay, so I, this is stupid, but okay, so every movie that I've ever recommended for the grind bin or anything like that are movies that I genuinely love. Like, I recommended Contamination. And, I, and you even said, you know, I, I have a feeling that Charlie really likes this movie. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Uh, I also love the movie Van Nuys Boulevard. It is a piece of shit, but it's <laughs> it's just it, it, I don't know. I saw it. I think in two thousand six or seven, I bought a DVD collection of just movie trailers, and it was uh, like Forty Second Street Forever was the collection. Oh, nice! And it was like yeah, it was like two hours of just vintage movie trailers, and Van Nuys Boulevard was on there and i just i got sucked into it and i thought it was like the greatest movie trailer i'd ever seen <laughs> because of all the classic you know all the muscle cars and the hot rods and the vans and everything and and i forget how i was what i was doing um but flash forward now you know last year so 13 years later i'm looking for the van Nuys boulevard theme song because there's like an eight minute remix on youtube of it oh my god of course there is <laughs> and so i i like that song because it's just ridiculous uh -huh. but i <laughs> i see this i see a podcast and i was like oh they're talking about van nuys boulevard okay and so i listened to it and i'm like haha that's right you know they're talking about just you know like you could throw the scenes up in the air and you'd have the exact same movie just in a different order it didn't matter you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was kind of like, oh, this show is really funny. Who is this? So I watched it. I became hooked. And uh, I know Mike and Bobby will probably be listening. Uh, guys, I'm very sorry for probably the first 10 to 15 episodes I watched. I didn't finish them like the last five minutes. So I didn't realize that you guys linked them to the van every single time. And then when I did, it was like, wait, the show gets even better. <laughs> Yeah, that that is the bit that um, when I first. By the way, Bobby and Mike don't listen to this fucking show. Um, <laughs> the first time I I started, the first time I guested on their show, I I showed it to friends like, "Hey, check it out! I'm on I'm on this episode," and everyone would would text me like, "What the fuck is the van? And what does Danny DeVito have to do with it?" And I was like, "Oh God!" So I had to answer yeah. that question like a bunch of times and because people were just so confused but i love that insider bit that they do everyone for those of y'all who don't listen to that show they always at the end try to discuss how danny devito and this like redheaded poofy piece of shit that's in this movie called the van fit into the universe of whatever movie they're talking about so it's a fun little bit that they do steward goat gets or goats go <laughs> um i and so that they talk about that every episode. It's the funniest shit. Sometimes, like, um, oh, yeah. they just come up with the top of their head, like, what the hell they're going to do. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes you get someone who has, like, an entire movie script almost. <laughs> I, some of the things that they've come up with, I want to watch. Like, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. None of mine are ever good, but I don't care. It's still funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, um, today you have picked. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, nineteen ninety one, baby. Yep. What brings this movie to the show? What was it about it that made you want to talk about it? So, 
this, I mean, okay, so, we, you know, <laughs> this podcast is very, you know, it's very masculine. It's very macho. You've got the mustache. I mean, you had uh, Tom Selleck on a couple weeks ago, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had uh, Sam Elliott. Like, these are, like, pillars in the mustache community, okay? <laughs> yes, very and, true. And uh, I, this movie, for all intents and purposes, I mean, you've got action films, you've got car movies, you've got chick flicks. Well, this is a dick flick, okay? It is going at 11 the whole time. It drops down to 8 at one point when it gets a little sappy, you know, but then all of a sudden, boom, it's right back. It's going. Yeah. I did, like, when I saw the rest, like, I saw the whole movie and the one thing i thought about was this is like blue chew personified oh like, yeah it's just a giant boner movie um and i also like the fact that it's from like i really like watching movies from like 1990 91 and 92 because you can see um you can see the films trying to pull away from the 80s but they qu can't quite shake off the 80s there's like a little touch of 80s in there they haven't found their niche yet yeah i love yeah. that part of it it's so weird to see that transition mm -hmm. um and also this movie's filled with those it's like they pick the most manly stereotypes i guess and uh put them together and you get to kind of see you get like almost like a peanut butter and here's what they saw they they saw all right cool we got like motorcycle stuff guys love that <laughs> we got like cowboy shit you know everyone loves that and they thought they were gonna do like a chocolate and peanut butter combination and unfortunately they didn't quite work out that way <laughs> oh no <laughs> for this movie but uh <laughs> and i don't know why i'm actually kind of I, I wouldn't mind doing a little more digging to find out why um this movie didn't hit. I don't know if what, what do you what is your theory on that? Do you think it was just that the actors weren't pulling that those kind of numbers anymore? Oh God, no, no. I mean, we're talking this movie. So it came out in '91. It had to have been filmed in 1990. I mean, Don Johnson was just coming off Miami Vice, you know. So I mean, I mean, there's a couple scenes in here where like. If Don Johnson's coming for your woman at 2 a.m., you got some big problems on your plate, okay? <laughs> so I can see why the characters are reacting the way they are, but, you know, he is, like, up there. Mickey Rourke, same thing. He, you know, he was another action star at the time. Or, uh, and this movie, unfortunately, catapulted him into self-loathing because he said, hey, I did it for the paycheck. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it just, I, I think... It's a it's a hard sell because it it's a straight across action movie which guys I mean we we love this stuff you know mm -hmm. I, I mean you just did shoot 'em up I mean that movie oh yeah like I I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago and went how the fuck have I never watched this before <laughs> you know it it essentially was watching like Bugs Bunny with a fucking gun it's solid gold oh um, yeah yeah and I feel like that grit that sh that shoot 'em up brings and the the kind of i think the the you know there i think there are you think i'm glad you brought up shoot 'em up because i think there are some comparisons in the fact that this movie tries to have a good time mm -hmm. like it never feels like anything really bad's gonna happen um and there are some things that suck that do happen in the movie but it just always feels kind of like oh we're just having a good time we're just exactly. a couple of guys 
exactly. <laughs> it's like that last push of, you know, we're not young anymore, we're, but we're still, you know, we can still have fun. We can still do guy things, but we're getting up there in age, you know, because yeah. these guys are both at this point in their early to mid 40s. You know, when this movie actually, I think I think Don Johnson was the oldest at like forty two or forty three when this movie was made. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was the timing that really screwed over um, this production. I think people just didn't. There were just so many more actors that were coming up, nice and fresh and young, that people were more willing to go see in the theater. And I'm actually kind of curious. Um, you know, let's look this up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. What movies were released in oh, 1991? Because yeah. I'm curious who was the like which movie made the most money that year. So that was Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they couldn't compete against that. <laughs> oh God, you get <laughs> um. <laughs> You get Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, hilarious. Yeah. Man, I didn't realize that. Um, wait, no, I was thinking um, Men in Tights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll backtrack that one. <laughs> yeah, backtrack that one. But I didn't know Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves made that much money. Like, holy shit. They made like $390 billion or something like worldwide. Well, to, okay, let's let's give the listening audience an idea. So this, so Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, this movie had a, a budget of about approximately $23 million. And it grossed worldwide seven million four hundred thirty four thousand dollars like yeah and just to show you the at the the difference between that and a big budget movie so terminator 2 judgment day was the budget was between 94 to 102 million and their box office worldwide was 520.8 million dollars yeah that is fucking crazy that is the reason why you're still going to the theater to watch trashy shit terminator movies because that second one did so damn well they're like hey we got to get it eventually right like we're gonna gonna get that money again (laughs) exactly lightning will strike again yes and for this movie uh not so you know this movie when i was watching it it almost felt like are these comic book characters like for a second i was like maybe this is like some weird graphic novel because it it seems unreal like harley davidson and the marlboro man like it just seems like it would be in a comic book it, it does everybody has got a brand name you know you've got uh, Big John Studd is in it and he plays a character named Jack Daniels uh, Giancarlo Esposito is in it and he plays Jimmy and he looks like Jimi Hendrix you know uh, oh yeah totally there's a character whose name is Jose Cuervo but they don't really ever say that so maybe they didn't get the rights to say <laughs> Jose Cuervo uh, you know but it's just it's one of those like in your face commercialized action movies that you either love it or you hate it you know there's like no in between and i will tell you um i know don johnson sports a fantastic um looking mustache in this movie but i actually did decide to um honor giancarlo esposito because i have not had an italian guy that i've honored yet and uh he actually has sported mustaches in real life and don johnson usually shaves them off um when he's not acting but he does grow a fantastic so he's kind of like the um on the bench but he's definitely getting some shine but uh, you know i'm gonna give some love out to giancarlo because he is he does have some good lines in this movie he's pretty exciting and mm-hmm. uh so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little shine at a uh, good old giancarlo oh yeah uh, yeah I think, and, I think he did a good job and it's funny because giancarlo and uh john johnson they go back into even like miami vice like in 
he was in like that's a, right he was in i think two or three episodes throughout the series and then he was even in don johnson's music video uh for um heartbeat and it's very funny because he plays very much like a like an underworld i want to say like like banana republic drug lord almost of course you know and in the music video the music video is like an hour long music video for his album but it's just like hilarious to see him working with don you know in the 80s <laughs> so is it giancarlo giancarlo Jean, I, you know what i i watched it sounds right i think that's probably right i watched him on conan a couple times i always say names wrong it's okay i was very worried i was going to mispronounce his name so giancarlo sure right I don't I, I don't know uh, probably people but um, <laughs> I can do a decent Italian accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we are not bringing Luigi Cosi over to the show. He's, no. he's got to stay in the grind bin universe. He's got to stay in that purgatory. <laughs> well, if you're ready to break this movie down, man, I'm ready to break it down. What do you think? Uh, hold on. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. This is the movie breakdown. Dun, 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 dun. Harley Davidson. Dun, 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 dun. In the Marlboro Man. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. We're two straight guys who don't really know each other. Movie breakdown. <laughs> Are we supposed to do voices? Because I didn't know you were going to be Cheech tonight. <laughs> I can't help it, man. All the movie breakdowns like sound like Cheech. It's just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> well, um, this movie kicks off. I like the way this movie kicks off. You know, it kicks off with a radio personality douchebag. Y'all remember the radio and the douchebag guys that used to be on it? It was oh, fantastic. God. It was great. I know, and he was just. He's going and going about it's the 4th of July and we haven't nuked the world out of orbit. And it just it kind of sets you up because you first you're watching it and you're like, OK, you know, it's 1991. You know, I'm sitting actually in the theater. that's what's fucking weird. Hmm. That's what's weird. They made it the near future because yes. he says it's 1996. Yes, there's a billboard for a 1996 Ford Taurus show <laughs> right there when you first come in. And I mean, I, I'm sitting oh, there going, God. oh, okay, that's plausible. And then, because I didn't see it, I saw it 10 years later after it took over, you know, yeah, 2006 exactly. is when I saw it. Oh my god, I would thought that was so funny. Like it was like, dude, just make it 1991. Like what the hell are you going to make it 1996? Who gives a shit? I mean, um, to be fair yeah. though, it is the future, so we don't we haven't seen like the Bronx cuz it could be like the Bronx warrior time. That's true. And I think maybe they made it the new future because they wanted to introduce a new drug everybody, a drug called Crystal Dream. Mm -hmm. that apparently you put in your eyes so it's kind of like um was it robocop 2 i think where there's a drug that you is nuke and you put it in your eyeballs i think i was just thinking like tim leary putting stuff in your eyes because that's <laughs> i have a friend who who was friends with him back in the 60s and he said here put this in your eye okay what does it do oh you'll find out <laughs> oh you got oh friends like that are the most dangerous oh yeah oh yeah so radio douchebag is going off and meanwhile and uh i Okay, so y'all don't know Charlie um, as well as I know him, and even I don't know him that well. But there is one thing <laughs> I do know about Charlie. He likes himself a beautiful woman. We immediately see a uh, quite a beautiful woman on the bed. She's just had her she's had her time with... Uh, <laughs> with Mickey Rourke. With I, I, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> and for all the listeners at home, at a minute and 40, you get to see some boobs. And then at yeah. a minute and 44, you see some butt. And none of it is Mickey Rourke, so 
Yeah, um, I think even the women would be happy with that. Uh, although, you know what, Mickey Rourke, you know, he even though he was starting to get a little funky looking at that point, he still looks pretty decent in this movie. It's not too bad. Yeah, he hadn't had the, the, the surgery yet. He hadn't been a boxer yet that, like, fucked his face up in the late 90s. So he's looking, he kind of looks like, uh, like he could have been like Bruce Willis's half-brother. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he looks like um, uh, more catchers, even more catchers mint looking than Bruce Willis. But you're right. They both have that rough, gruff look to them and also kind of speak under their breath. I feel like they always have to really bust up them, you know, turn up the volume on them because they're always kind of like, like they just it would be it would be interesting to see if they only cast Mickey Rourke because Bruce Willis was like, you know, unavailable. Like he was riding the diehard wave. Oh, of course. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Cause he would have fit just fine. Like you could, it's just sort of interchange and uh, it would work just fine if you had Bruce Willis in this part, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad we got Mickey in this one. You know, I do too. I, I yeah. think it works. Uh, they, they actually Don and Mickey had a feud like the whole time they were making this movie. So no. it, yeah, so it's interesting to watch them work together as well as they do, knowing that. Yeah, and I and I I I don't know much about Don Johnson, but I feel like Mickey Rourke is probably he's probably very eccentric. I could see um, that just from the way he uh, tends to act in interviews and the way he kind of carries himself. Um, he, if you look up just images of Mickey Rourke, every image looks like a different type of like weird human being. <laughs> you know, and Don Johnson's always the same motherfucker. Like he just has really nice hair and a good smile. I'm sure he's kind of a diva. I could um, see that. Yeah, I could see you that. Know? So yeah, I guess it probably just didn't really, uh, you know, just the chemistry wasn't quite there. But you're right. I think it does. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best chemistry I've ever seen in a buddy comment in a, or a buddy action movie, but it's not horrible. No, and no. I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so Mickey leaves the room uh, after that. It's red lit because I guess he's like sleeping above. Um, it looks like a, a, a mechanic's garage or something like that. We find out later that's where he's working. Uh, and the the lights and the neon lights shine through the windows. Just so classic. Oh yeah, and I think it works well, especially because they're talking about it being uh, the Fourth of July. So you know they throw that uh, they throw that red light in there. Yeah, I love it. And the, so yeah, the fireworks go off, and then kick in uh, Bon Jovi's "I'm a Cowboy" song because that's the kind of shit we're doing today. Oh my God, this is just like if you weren't ready, like now is when you tighten your seatbelt and you just are like, okay. As a man, this movie is for me. Bon Jovi is blasting. You got that Harley Davidson big twin fire up, and it's like, oh, yeah. He gets uh, Harley Davidson gets on the Harley Davidson, uh, and uh, yeah, on that steel horse he rides. So we are seeing a lot of street signs. This this guy doesn't just take a ride down the street to get some liquor, y'all. He takes a ride across fucking New Mexico, across <laughs> Arizona. He goes all the way to burbank california just in uh right around i don't live in burbank but it's not very far (laughs) from where i live um and uh let's just say that uh that drive sucks i took that drive to get out here it is not fun and i cannot imagine having a vibrating piece of uh motorcycle in between my legs the whole time uh that takes a real man oh yeah well and especially too i mean his bike uh it's a it's a rigid he's got uh some rigid studs uh, struts on it so that is a hard ride my motorcycle i, I ride a harley it is also a rigid chopper and it, it's not comfortable
uncomfortable when you hit some potholes like your spine is fucked sometimes. jesus i didn't know yeah. that uh i'm actually really glad i ha we have a motorcycle rider in this that that brought this episode up a notch like now we have someone that knows a little bit about this life i'm gonna say very little very little of this life is what i'm I gonna think. cut that out of the episode because i'm gonna make it seem like you're an expert <laughs> so <laughs> So he gets over to L.A. and of course, uh, you know, <laughs> good old Harley Davidson is sporting the tiniest sunglasses of all time. I really like them. They're kind of like little, I guess at some point they were kind of trying to change it up. Like he, he has these little sunglasses and a like giant scar on his face. I was going to say, like he stole Hudson Hawk's sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just grabbed them and was like, these are mine now. <laughs> he goes into a gas station. And, of course, uh, I guess Burbank, California, man, it was a different time. They they have a, a holdup going on, like, right away. And it's during the day. So I guess it was just a good time. You know, the cops are going to expect you to hold up a gas station at night do it at lunchtime you know just mix it up but to be fair i mean and this is a reoccurring theme i don't know if you noticed it during this movie but uh when they discharge that firearm out the window during this gas station robbery yeah. no one seems to be bothered even outside like they're continuing like it's normal yeah, yeah la was like <laughs> this reminds me of like the way charles uh uh, uh, not Charles Bronson, but the way Death Wish 3 made, uh, was that New York that he's in in Death Wish 3, where it's just all this crazy gang shit, and people are just, like, going to get groceries. And they're just like, ah, whatever. There's some guy giggling as he runs around. <laughs> I don't know, maybe uh, we should ask Tim. Tim would probably tell us if that yes. was New York in the 80s. We need Tim to give us an idea. Yeah, he remembers New York in the 50s, so, yeah, he, <laughs> he'll know New York in the 80s. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So he walks into this place, and it's really funny. This is when we get to see that he's going to be the cool guy. He's going to be the chill guy because he still orders, like, he's like $10, $10 on pump, whatever. And the guy's like, hey, motherfucker, you know, get down, bitch. Like, we're holding this thing up. We're getting cash right now. He's like, man, these sons of bitches, we have this nice filtered clean air, and it just takes a couple of scumbags to mess it all up. And boom like and by the way we see that they're they have these people on the ground and there's a guy that looks like steve urkel they are holding up steve urkel in this place y'all oh yeah oh yeah like no shame no shame no at shame. all but you know what i wonder if that's that uh that crystal dream in effect you know it just makes you Ooh. not care about robbing steve urkel during the day you know Shit. yeah because they were very sweaty compared to everybody else yeah uh, so he fucks him up. Like we see, get to see Mickey Rourke do his fighting stuff. Which, by the way, I think the action fight scenes are fun. Um, he does kick their ass, and then that's when he leaves. And uh, there's this, you know, obviously, of course, the cash register girl. Because this doesn't happen in real life. The cash register person in a gas station never looks pretty. This one <laughs> looks pretty, and uh, she like gives him the gas for free. And he's like, "That's not a good way to do business." He walks away, and she's like, "Well, what's your name?" He's like, "Harley Davidson, baby." <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just walks off into the sunset. Ah, you gotta love him. He's just, he's just a, he's a badass. So oh, they yeah. set him up pretty well, and now it's time to set up good old Don Johnson. <laughs> oh, and how do we get into this bar? We just, we see a, a, a woman straddling a Harley Davidson, and she takes her top off. We are, what, five minutes into this movie, and we have already seen, I think, three boobs. Yes, they're, they're uh, definite, they know the target market, and also, I think it was kind of funny it made me remember like oh yeah bars used to be super smoky 
like it's super smoky in the bar and i'm like that's right like people used to smoke in bars all the time and now you just don't see it as much i i i don't know if i don't know if in california they still smoke in bars uh i don't believe so but um so when i went to college i went to college in reno and so i actually i first saw this movie uh the summer of 2006 after i graduated high school and moved to reno and it was on like every single day during that summer and i watched it almost every single day but (laughs) of course that's how i remember because i i worked in a casino how all the casinos were they were smoky you just you know it was a laugh when they said oh smoking or non because bitch everywhere was smoky like come on you know (laughs) you're not gonna get away from it no and then they they amended that like i think in 2007 or 8 and now it's like you walk into these crystal clean non-smoky places and it's man it's just not the same yeah it's weird i remember um I remember playing at a venue that when when I first played my first show I was maybe 15 years old mm-hmm. and it was all smoky everyone was smoking and then like right around that same time they amended it as well and I remember going back to play at the same venue I was like oh god I can actually smell what this place smells like it's not being covered by the smoke I miss the smoke because <laughs> this place fucking stinks <laughs> this place fucking stinks it's like barf <laughs> so uh so yeah we see Don Johnson and uh he's um kind of has like a he's kind of speaking with a twang but uh i don't think he's southern necessarily but he's just kind of got like a i'm from a rural farm kind of environment i think it's don being don because don's from missouri from kansas right no or, he's from yeah. missouri oh he's from missouri okay and, yeah and actually uh, side note here because i'm i'm a huge miami vice fan like that like that leaks through sometimes it's okay okay <laughs> I like Miami Vice. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I feel like I dig dig it if I get watching. You know, the the biggest disservice Netflix ever did was taking it off because it was just fucking great. And then they forced me to go buy it on DVD, but it's okay because I can watch it whenever I want. But I love that show. Yeah. But uh, when Don originally pitched how he was going to play Sonny Crockett, he was going to play him as a cowboy. And when he got down to Florida, he was like, fuck it's hot and humid as shit down here i can't wear leather boots and a fucking leather jacket all the time and then (laughs) yeah and a cowboy it's just i mean there's people who do it but they're not like the best looking people it's hot yeah Yeah. it's hot yeah so i imagine this is probably how he wanted to have played sunny you know six years earlier Uh, okay so we get a little glimpse because yeah it is is much easier it's kind of ironic that people a lot of people dress like that in the south and you know especially in texas and and then um it's actually probably easier to dress like that in california or in (laughs) you know depending on the time of day but yeah so he's uh playing pool and he's playing against a giant native american looking dude i think he's native american they're definitely trying to play him off as native american oh yeah he He looks kind of more samoan to me but maybe he is native american i don't know but uh he's uh giving lessons on whooping some ass because he's like well lesson one is uh play with a cigarette out your mouth and uh the big dude says you can't smoke with no fire asshole and then don looks at him and says i quit so (laughs) (laughs) i just like the cigarette you know kind of dangling there but he does whoop this dude's ass he goes through all the lessons and he whoops this guy's ass. He tells him. I, I uh, think. It, I think we should maybe talk about these lessons. Because, oh yeah, if you want to. Yeah, yeah I don't have them written down. So I mean, because they're. I mean, you establish right off the bat, you know, that he's either like some shit kicking cowboy, or maybe this is a man who's kind of, you know, 
taught some lessons and been taught some lessons by life the hard way, you oh, know, yeah. coming up. Uh, yeah, his first one is, uh, the. these are five rules that his father taught him. Well, my old man taught me before he left this shitty world. Uh, number one was always shoot with a cigarette hanging in your mouth. Number two, always know the table before you shoot. Lesson three, chalk that stick real good before each shot. Uh, number four, never make a bet if you can't pay the debt, which that, I mean, that's a great life lesson there. Come on, Daniel. Spoilers here, man. Spoilers. <laughs> I expect everyone that listens to my episodes to watch the movie. Turn off this podcast right now and go watch the movie. Go make Amazon some money. Or just bootleg it. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Or you could break the law. Why not? (laughs) Okay, now that you've finished the movie and you're back, you know that lesson five is if you lose, (laughs) you stand up straight and tall and walk like a man. And I think those those are five solid rules, not just for pool, but for life. Yeah, it is. Uh, I actually totally agree with those rules. Unfortunately, the guy he's playing against doesn't quite agree. I think he was talking a big game, hoping that he would be able to beat Don Johnson, but it didn't happen that way. And this guy actually tells Don Johnson to get the fuck out of town. And he says, "Um, dude, I beat you. You owe me $500, and now I kind of want to bang your girl so <laughs> oh he, he lays it out for him he tells him he's like well i'll leave with your money in my pocket or your woman in my bed so yeah, which is it gonna serious. be and if you look at his girl his girl's kind of looking away but i think she's entertaining that idea oh well, you know it's don johnson i mean it's difficult to say no to this guy he's confident as hell he looks fantastic mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so and of course, classic white guy talking to a Native American that way. You know, I'm going to take all your shit. I'm going to take your girl. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, so Harley comes on through, and he makes sure that the the because what happens is basically, boom, fight breaks out. Harley comes in, and I think he tells him a little something too. I, he tells Don something. Do you, I don't know if you remember? Oh yeah, he tells him uh, that uh, he's not the only he's the only cowboy in this joint. If he hasn't noticed, and then you turn and they show the the bar room, and there's a lot of Native American dudes that are probably pretty pissed at that point. So he's screwed. Fight breaks out, and Harley at least tells all the guys, like all this guy's posse, like, "Hey, yo, yo, just let them fight one on one. This is between them two. They go back and forth, and it's a pretty fun little fight. This is when you kind of realize it's going to be sort of a com- not a comedy, but that there's going to be comedy bits here and there because Don Johnson fights really funny, and then Harley always has like these little snarky remarks, and vice versa when Harley's fighting. So you're going to enjoy all this." stuff if you enjoy those kind of fight scenes Plus, but yeah like, there's a good little battle well i was gonna say yeah we're like seven minutes in and three asses have already been kicked like hell yeah you know it's it, it's ramping up and we have a butter a butterfly knife which is dope i always loved those as a kid i remember my first one was when i was maybe fifth or sixth grade and i thought i was the coolest kid in the block mm-hmm. uh, i would be playing with my butterfly knife walking to my friend carlos's house just to pretend like hey man y'all don't mess with me don't be taking my shoes <laughs> um so, <laughs> so yeah it was pretty dope and he gets them he finally is able to get the big guy uh, the big guy's taking him down he gets a, a a cue ball and just starts hitting him on the side of the head and it's funny because he hits him like three times and don johnson looks at him like how is this guy still up and he hits him oh, one yeah. more time and he finally starts fading off a little bit and he's just breathing a sigh of relief like fuck oh yeah 
So after all that ruckus, Harley exits the bar and Marlboro exits the bar. And this is actually when we find out Don Johnson's name because he's like, hey, Marlboro. So uh, the we find out that these guys know each other. Um, if you hadn't seen the poster uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't sure, these two guys know each other. And we find out for two years, Harley's been working on bikes just outside of Dallas. So he was he was in Texas. And Harley says he's been thinking about life. He's being like all retrospective and shit. And Marlboro tells Harley that, uh, dude, you think too damn much, dude. Like, yeah, you just gotta you gotta go with the flow. Yeah, stop being so introspective, man. And now we I love this little this little spot that they like to hang out at. They like to hang out at a billboard like like a billboard that you see off the road but on the platform way up high so these guys oh, like oh, make the, the effort to like climb a ladder the billboard that's in front of the other one that says die hardest five they're already <laughs> is that what it said? yeah there's another one that's advertising a die hard movie and then uh there's i think they're sitting on the las vegas sign oh my god it's such yeah. a weird bit i love that though i've never hung out on a billboard never you've never hung out with your boys on a billboard no it's never happened um i thought about it one time i remember being i was um young and stupid y'all so don't do this but i was drinking a little bit and i was on uh, some uh codeine and all i could look at look at was this billboard that was down the road and i was like we should go hang out out there <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, my friends did not agree. Oh, that's good. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny uh, living in Reno. You don't you don't hang out on billboards because one, they're like fucking tall. But two, if you drive ten minutes in any direction, you're in the fucking middle of nowhere. So yeah. that's really where it's at. Yeah, see, in San Antonio, is much uh, being in the inner city. I mean, you're always somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to make sure you're not in the somewhere you're not supposed to be, and you're wearing neutral colors, and especially back in the day. <laughs> Then, then you're gonna but, need that butterfly knife of yours. Yes, that's why I had it. But <laughs> believe it or not, um, that you're what you just said. Ten minutes out and you're nowhere. That scares me more than anything else. Growing up in the city, like Ugh. my God, when I look around, like it's not. Even, it doesn't even have to be that crazy. Like I visited Joshua Tree and I was there for a couple of nights with was my that, girl. Was that a couple of weeks ago? Yes, and yeah. yeah, I told you about that. And just looking around and knowing. I, I can scream and no one's going to hear me. It freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and Joshua, Joshua Tree is beautiful. Like, we love it going is to Joshua Tree. Like, my girlfriend and I, we love it out there. It's beautiful. Uh, it, the, the skies are, like, the darkest skies I've ever seen oh at night. Oh, my God. Like, it's yeah. beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is people go missing in Joshua Tree. And there's a lot of foot traffic, but people still go missing right and left out there. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I that's all I could think about was if I was some crazy person that just needed a good kill, this is a good place to kind of just come at the right time. You know that these oh. these people are just Airbnbers and they're just there temporarily and they may not have told everyone they were going there. Like it's all like I'm just such a most paranoid son of a bitch. I was like, just relax. <laughs> then I had like four or five beers and I was like, Yeah, this is fucking fun. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, it's always in the back of my mind, like, you know, just as you're going to sleep, like, hey man, like what if some crazy person, like if there's, you know, if, if there's a crazy hospital out here that nobody ever talks about to the outsiders, you know, and somebody escapes, 
they're just going to rap on my window. Uh, when I was living in Reno, as you know, as a college kid, we used to love to make movies. You know, you'd go out oh, in the desert. Fun. Oh yeah, man! I'm, let me tell you, I was on that '70s exploitation game when you could go to the thrift store in Reno, you could buy '70s leather jackets, uh, leisure suits, you know, all that shit, and you would never spend more than twenty bucks. Oh, that's dope. Oh, so we were buying that shit up. We were making movies. We had all of our airsoft guns. You know, we were rigging like, uh, uh, like air-powered squibs you know so we could shoot each other you know like all that shit right (laughs) we go out uh to this spot um it's called the moon rocks and it's it's just it's between sparks which is a a a small town that actually merges with reno uh it's between sparks and pyramid lake uh and it's about i'd say about 35 40 minutes outside of sparks but it looks like clandathu from uh starship troopers Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like awesome. Well, that's where we would go and do all of our like 70s cop and drug dealer movies and all that shit because there's nobody out there. Nobody fucks with you. You can do what you want. Well, one day we're filming this drug deal, right? And I I shit you not, this guy comes out of nowhere. And it was me and like six other people. And he comes out of nowhere and he goes, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, "Uh, we're, we're making a movie. And he goes, oh. And he sees that we've got airsoft guns. He goes, you want any real guns? And we're like, no, dude, we're good. And he goes, are you sure? And we're like, yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Well, then he, like, walks to his truck, which is suddenly, like, 50 feet away. And it was, like, not there when we pulled up. It was really weird. And Jeez. so we turn our backs, like, stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. We turn our backs on this guy. And we start talking about setting up what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, in rapid succession, blam, 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 blam. That motherfucker had a gun and he fired it into the air. <laughs> and he was 50 fucking feet away from us. Like, like our asses would have been fucking toast. Damn, yeah. dude. And yeah. yeah, that was back in the days when like cell phones didn't get good service. Like now oh, you yeah. can get you decent service. Oh, yeah. And then he just hopped in his truck, laughed, and drove off. Oh, and, yeah. He was definitely fucking with y'all bad. Oh, yeah. Like, that's fucked up. It was, yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally identify with that whole out <laughs> middle of nowhere. Something's going to fucking happen. So, when these guys are on the <laughs> billboard, what really made me kind of puzzled was. Harley tells Marlboro, you know, you're like the only family I have. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like y'all are that close. I mean, (laughs) you just walked by him while he was in the bar and he didn't seem to react that much when he saw you. Like, my friends, if I see them, there's like, oh, what's up, dude? Especially if it's been two fucking years. So I'm like, damn, Harley's a kind of a lone wolf i guess he doesn't really have too many close friends and we'll get as the movie goes on y'all we'll find out why harley doesn't have very many friends um so marlboro says that's a goddamn crying shame (laughs) i'm the only family you have and harley says that he could uh he could have had a family with jenny ann but marriage is uh for those other guys you know amen marlboro (laughs) says amen (laughs) of course he does so we all know these two guys are sex guys. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, they're yeah. out to have a good time, even though they're, you know, pitching 40, you know, they're right around the 40-year-old But mark. isn't it more fun when you're, like, you know, in your late 30s? I mean, I wouldn't know. Daniel, isn't it fun when you're in your late 30s? I'm in my mid-30s. Come on, get it right. <laughs> we should ask Tim. 
Tim's looking at his late 50s. <laughs> Y'all know Tim. He's been a guest on the show. Mr. Tim Yobo from Queens. He was Yeehaw. there. At, he was there at the invention of doo-wop. Yes, yes. Tim said he invented that move where you bend your knees and you kind of exchange your hands to each knee, you know, like in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So uh, Harley asks if he thinks that uh, if there is a heaven. So he's being very, like, he's definitely being introspective. He's like, you think there's a heaven and a God? And, you know, I would like to meet that dude. And Marlboro says, you ain't going to meet God with me because when I'm dead and done, I don't want no damn excuses for what I did. So we know they both seen some shit. They both done. They both done some stuff. And um, it's funny because they're driving. They're riding through Burbank, and Harley's like, "Yo, what happened to Burbank, California? Like, what happened to our town, man?" And Marlboro says something I love. He says, "The future," <laughs> <laughs> which is the answer for everything. You know, if, if you got yeah. a plot hole, it's the future. And I think it gave me an idea that maybe this movie is supposed to be semi-futuristic because we see a plane go over them and doesn't it look like it's some crazy futuristic like drone plane or something it doesn't look like a normal plane no daniel it's the concord is that what that is yes (laughs) that's an old design that is no longer in use oh so it's so old i thought it was from the future (laughs) it actually so yeah it was a very it was a futuristic design it was yeah uh, amazing amazing but no that is the concord which um, I don't know if at that time, because the Concorde wasn't allowed to fly over the continental U.S., so it, it had to have been coming from a different direction. Very interesting, and uh, and they do say like they turned Burbank into a goddamn international airport, and so that's when we see that plane go over, uh, probably heading to the Middle East. Uh. <laughs> but but you know what? It can't be that far in the future because I mean, like, there's no tent cities everywhere, so it's not like today Burbank. Oh yeah, but it's you know far enough in the past but far enough in the future accurate very true so then the guys stop at their favorite bar the rock and roll bar and grill and what do you expect when you enter the rock and roll bar and grill motherfucking nice john wayne music. oh <laughs> well we're on the wrong fucking page here sir <laughs> oh yeah john wayne yeah we see john wayne's uh, uh wonderful face just stuffed with um wasn't it John Wayne that just had like 20 pounds of shit when he died stuck in his body? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Maybe we'll have to do a John Wayne movie next time. Yeah, you know, he. yeah. John, I mean, John. We'll need is, someone else with a stash. I, yeah, I don't think he ever had a stash. I mean, Not really. He wore some for some parts. I think when he played Asian people or. It's very um, possible. But you know what? The, the man didn't need a stash. I mean, <laughs> he, do you know he had uh, one of his lungs removed and like kept living for like another 15 years? I get. Yeah. In fact, so he was making a movie in Mexico and he had to take vitamins as part of his regimen for, I think it was lung cancer at the time after, after he had it removed. And he took a fistful of vitamins with like fucking tequila. (laughs) And I shit you not. Apparently he said after that, I am a goddamn man's man. (laughs) Oh my God. He just had like a raging boner. I like, I, I like cry when I have to take a vitamin with some water and I can't cut it up first, you know? <laughs> so, uh, we see, uh, <laughs> we see that, uh, Marlboro, um, 
you know, he's kind of in a rough setting, you know. He his boots are all taped up, his bike is overheating and smoking, and he's like, you know, I'm think I'm just gonna have to pull put this bitch down. Mm-hmm. Well, Harley busts out a goddamn forty four mag desert eagle pistol and shoots it but he misses terribly this is going to be an ongoing bit throughout the movie that harley just doesn't know how to shoot very well and marlboro's a goddamn marksman like he's the motherfucker <laughs> he's the doc he's i think it's that yin and yang that you know that marlboro is everything harley isn't and vice versa yeah like harley's a little more cutthroat he's a little bit more um He's able to make like much harder decisions, and Marlboro is kind of like the uh, the guy with the heart, but he's also a hell of a sharpshooter, um, and he's also much better at. He's much more charming, you know. He can talk to anybody and kind of and have a good talk, and and Harley Davidson just says whatever the fuck he has in his mind, and it doesn't really think about anything else. Exactly, he is who he is, you know. Either you want to sleep with him or you don't exactly and he's fine with it either way because he's a good guy and so yeah so then marlboro doesn't even blink an eye by the way so this is when you know they both seen some shit because he doesn't blink an eye when when he shoots that pistol and so then he he gives marlboro the gun as a gift he's like here you go man and then marlboro gets on one knee boom 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 he shoots out some tires and fucking blows a bitch up he's like you're done he tells harley you got to squeeze the trigger harley not pull it it's not your dick <laughs> Once more, good advice that I'm going to write down here. <laughs> and like I said, they walk into this bar, and you would think ACDC would be playing in a rock and roll bar, but no, we get Vanessa Vanessa Williams singing the fucking blues. <laughs> you know what? It's just it's that kind of bar, though. Like I guess so. Like, don't call it the rock and roll bar. I don't know, man. Like it's, it pissed me off. It has a fucking airplane in the roof. Like if that's not rock and roll, man, I don't want to know what is. <laughs> and I get a, hey, I get that rock and roll would not exist without the blues. With rhythm and blues was basically what gave birth to rock and roll. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're like, hey, man. Like I guess I get we're all rough, and we all wear leather. But you know what? We got to remember the the roots of what why we like this music. You don't have so a bar like this. We're gonna have like Vanessa this? Williams come up. You don't have a bar like this in your neighborhood down there in L.A. I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> I didn't really have a lot of time to go to bars because by the time I knew it, COVID took over and fucked it all up, man. I, yeah, I found one little bar that I really liked, and it was more of like a hole in the wall. I think it's called the Red Room or the not the Red Room, like in uh, uh, Twin Peaks, but I think the Redwood Room. <laughs> or something mm. like that it's a really cool little bar but it's more like a neighborhood bar man like i loved it Those the first good. time i went there they had a full like potluck with like quesadillas and oh shit uh, tamales i was like oh i'm coming here as much as i can yeah no that's a great <laughs> bar like i would yeah, be there I'm all the time about. hell yeah and like uh they had all the football games on a lot of raiders fans and whatever area i'm in tons mm. of tons of raiders fans <laughs> um and so yeah so uh, and they 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 kind of go back and forth, and they walk into this bar. We see Harley come up to some uh, to some, a very old elderly African American man. And well, no, wait, he is wait, the wait. Owner. What do we see first? What do we see? So that man is Julius Harris. I mean, he's a great character actor, exploitation and black exploitation star. Oh, okay, like, bring it yeah. crazy. Like he's in uh, he's in black, uh, not black Caesar. He's in Hell Up in Harlem. Uh, he's in uh, Live and Let Die, which is a black exploitation James Bond film. You know, and that's just a couple. He's he's a fantastic black exploitation actor. 
and amazing hey, actor. Hey, as long as he's not from, as long as he wasn't in the guy from Harlem, I respect the man because the guy from Harlem is that movie's a piece of shit, but I love piece it. of poop. <laughs> of course you love it, but but yeah, this guy he does a great job. I honestly, wish yeah. they had given him a little bit more to do. Me too. I, I wish they had. Uh, maybe that's going to be in a director's cut somewhere that there was more to his character. But when they walk in, he's getting a stern lecture from daniel baldwin who right away is an asswipe like you see him and you don't like him he's got his hair slicked back he's wearing a leather fucking trench coat in a bar in what was july like (laughs) come on man i will say daniel baldwin really captures um corporate dick face guy really well in this movie and also just the um uh, the you know what I, I what here's it's kind of funny that this came out the same year as Terminator Two. He has this weird Terminator esque. I'm an emotionless person who is here to 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 complete uh, a mission. James Cameron, you hack. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his best impression of being like some weird person. But he uh, was probably yeah, he, told like, no, no, Daniel, you or, you know you you cannot be the Terminator. Schwarzenegger is coming back. We are getting somebody else to be the, you know, the T one thousand. Sorry, and then he's he, like, but I'm losing weight. Yeah, because <laughs> he was always he was always the thickest Baldwin for Danny. <laughs> but you know what? Thick came back, and the and he's not looked back. He's been like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's doing good. He made that movie <laughs> Vampires. Yeah, he told him. He said, I'm gonna fucking show you. I'm gonna make Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, and fuck you. <laughs> So yeah, the he leaves and then Harley comes up to that to the old man who what, what is his name by the way? Ju- uh, Julius Harris. Julius. Yes. Um, is that his actual name? That's, or yeah, is- that's his actual name. Uh, his name in the movie though, uh, he's the old man. Oh, the old man. They just say the old man. Yeah. And uh, the old man tells Harley like, "You need to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing back over here?" You know, you you only create trouble. We do find out that when people see Harley, they're like, "Oh, great, here we go." This guy, it's just a thing, man. That's they what know. He brings. Well, you know what? He's just he is one of those guys who's like, "I don't give a shit." You know, he shits in the nest and then he moves on. You know, yeah, he's one of those guys. We've all had those friends, and exactly. But they're a laugh to hang out with, uh, even though it might fuck up your situation. You're like, you know what? Okay, he's not all bad. <laughs> So then Harley goes up. He tells he tells the old man like I got some unfinished business to take care of. So that's why I'm here. So then he goes up and he looks at Vanessa Williams singing, and it's a really weird scene because she's never she doesn't really look at him. She just keeps kind of looking past him, and it's really awkward. So we know something might be going on there. Why the hell would he just go up and look at her? Hmm. And then uh, Marlboro slowly comes up to him and says, "I'd leave that one alone, man. Unless uh, you're looking for a death wish." Harley says, you don't think Jack is still pissed off, do you? And Marlboro says, pissed off at you? No. He wants to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we are, we hear about this Jack guy who apparently has a connection to Vanessa Williams. And we will find out how pissed off he is at Harley very soon. Um, Marlboro opens some secret door that's hidden behind a payphone, right? (laughs) Oh, like, doesn't your neighborhood bar have this? Because, like, mine does. Does it have a deaf Chicano dude in the <laughs> right behind to greet everybody? You know what? My bar can't have everything, but <laughs> I know, right? I love this guy. His, of course, his name's Jose because that's the only name they could think of. Well, Jose Cuervo. 
Oh yeah, Jose Cuervo. And uh, he comes through, and they're going back and forth. But you and know what? Course- I'm not gonna lie. I think a missed opportunity here. It should have been like Pepe Serna. Like, come on. Like, that would have been amazing <laughs> to see Pepe Serna behind this fucking door. And you know how boisterous he is, but if he couldn't fucking talk, like, and you had to yeah. watch his mannerisms, that that would have been worth the price of the ticket. Yeah, that's like with the, the original uh, Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds where they just made him not able to speak. It's <laughs> the stupidest shit I've ever seen, ever. I don't know why that happened. But anyway, <laughs> we, we get to hear uh, Mickey Rourke say, Que pasa, amigo? And uh, he says hi to Jose. He's very happy to see him. I guess they've all known each other for a very long time, as we'll get to know them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he suggests that Harley get you know don't go back there, man. Um, Jack is in there, and he will kill you, like just <laughs> like Marlboro said. But Harley doesn't seem to give a shit about that. Um, I think he feels like he's going to be able to uh, convince Jack to forgive him. Mm-hmm. So we look through there, and we get in there, and it looks like they're having some underground arm wrestling competition, which, man, I have not seen in a long time where you're having, like, this... What was the movie with... Um, over the Top. Yeah, thank you Fucking very much. Fucking Stallone. My God, I was like, they reminded me of Over the Top so bad, because you see nothing but guys that look like they could have just, honestly, just gone to the next room, and this was happening. <laughs> my my notes actually say, Secret Over the Top Room. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as Stallone gets here, the real battle's going to start. Yeah. So we see giant, this giant freaking Viking looking son bitch. And we see this super giant kind of Carl Weathers-esque guy. Super buff. And uh, he's been putting in those, he's been putting in the work. He's got the gains. He's got the gains for sure. Um, and also is when we get our first look at the legendary man of the hour. And I'm going to give his full name for this purpose. Giancarlo Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito, who is taking the bets and refereeing the uh, the arm wrestling competition, uh, he's dressed like a cadet, like a marching cadet. No, man. He's, what is he dressed like? Like Jimi Hendrix. Is that the outfit? Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> bought that jacket when he was in uh, when he was in France. He bought this uh, military jacket from like the 1800s, and that was what he wore. Oh my God. I like the look. Don't get me wrong. He's got the bandanas in his hair. He looks fantastic. This guy looks... He honestly looks like he's from a different movie. Like, he doesn't belong in 91. Like, he belongs in, like, 79 or something. This movie, it goes back to what you said, man. It's like a fucking comic book. You know? It is. All the characters are over the top that, you know, they're names that you identify with, you know? And and each scene is going to get more and more ridiculous, but you're not sitting there going, what the fuck? You're sitting there going, what the fuck? Holy yeah. shit, you know? I'm just down for the ride. Exactly. You know, just enjoy the ride. And so the arm wrestle begins, but then when Jack notices Harley, he quickly. He sort of like slowly moves, kind of like bends his head over, bends his neck over, and he sees Harley. And he's like, you know what? I want to go talk to Harley, so I'm going to quickly defeat this giant person in front of me. And he beats his ass like no problem. Yeah. And Jack says, uh, I'm going to kill you, Harley, of course. <laughs> he didn't sound like me, like a gentleman. No. I sense a reoccurring theme of disappointment and just total, fuck, this guy's back again? Yeah, nobody likes to see <laughs> nobody likes to see Harley around. And Harley wants to talk about it. He's like, "Hey, come on, Jack. Like, come on, man. Let, let's talk it out." And Jack isn't having it. Harley asks Jimmy, who is played by Esposito, by the way, 
is uh, if he can help him out. And Jimmy's like, hey, man, I'm you're living in your world, and I'm not living in it. Like, you got to deal with this <laughs> shit yourself, bro. So we get a solid, honestly, really fun. This is probably one of my favorite fights in the movie uh, between Jack and Harley because it's 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 pretty much like um, how can I compare? It's like Guile fighting. Um, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name. The big giant wrestling guy from Street Fighter. Honda E Honda. Uh, e Honda or the big Russian one? Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Uh, I don't know what Zagat. I think no, no Sagat is the it's the other one, the other one. I don't know. It'll come to me in the last minute. And it's it's gonna a be too late. it's a comedic, not a comedic, but it's like an over the top comic book. Zangief, Zangief. Yes, it's like Zangief fighting uh, a guy. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's it is over the top. Everything's and it's funny because broken. Harley actually gets a couple of good hits in the beginning, at least. Well, yeah. Well, and and he even says he goes, "Are you sure you want to do this, Jack? Last time we did it, you know, he, uh, I kicked your ass." And and Marlboro comments, "Well, Jack did have a broken arm," and the <laughs> comment that you know uh, Harley goes, "Well, I'm the one who fucking did it," you know. <laughs> And it's like there's always that level of, well, you know, maybe it's not the way you remember it, Harley. Exactly. Which is a lot with a lot of friends of ours. Like, we all do that shit. You know, you forget all these stories from back in the day. You just sort of, you know, flub them or you exaggerate things a little bit. And it's funny because Jack gets a gain on him and starts whooping his ass. And Barbara goes, well, I mean, he started off well. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> It's really fun because nobody's really freaking out. But eventually, Jack fucking throws Harley outside the window. And he falls, luckily, through a ragtop yeah. convertible. And he falls into the front seat. And then Jack just jumps down. And he's like, I'm going to kill you, Harley. <laughs> jumps down, grabs him, starts choking the shit out. And by the way, y'all, Jack's hands are freaking huge like he makes mickey rourke's head look like the size of a pea oh yeah it's insane yeah and and then he's got both those fucking hands around his throat like he's just gonna pop his head off and hey man i'm gonna go back to arm wrestling and so what does harley do he gets to jack's heart because jack is a big guy with a big heart he is so he tells him hey man i'm sorry i'm sorry it was always you it was always you and jack's like you know she's my wife now like we're married now he's like it was always you i she never even had anything to do with me so basically it looks like harley had messed around or tried to mess around kind of like trying to sip on her kool-aid a little bit and jack did not take that fun no not at all and and i think as as it goes i think it's implied a little bit more that maybe it did happen you know maybe they had that couple of yeah they and i think it was before they were married so it was like you know she she was probably in love with jack but it's kind of you know it's hard to see he even says he goes well he goes you know i've always been bad company when there's a beautiful woman around and and we all got a friend like that you know (laughs) oh god I actually had a friend like that that um, I just wouldn't take my girlfriends around him. But I'm like, this guy's too horny. He's just going to piss me off because he's going to try to flirt. Oh, yeah. I had a friend like that when I lived in Reno, and he would always he would always say something, you know? And it was like, yeah. bro, what the fuck? Like, why you I've always like bro-coded that? hard. I yeah. remember I went to a show one time, and a friend of mine brought a girl, and she started flirting with me at the bar and and i was like uh didn't you come with what's his name and she was like well yeah but we just are just like barely talking and she's like looking me up and down i'm like mm, no nah, i'm good and i just walked away and then it was so funny like 
30 minutes later i go back in the bar to get me another drink and she's making out with the bass player to another band that played that night (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, gotta love it well they were just barely talking so i mean you know i know right (laughs) so then uh jimmy is mad at, at jack because he was supposed to throw that freaking match um so that way they could make more money on gambling because they're losing the damn bar um the it's getting too expensive to run the place and jimmy mentions that the bar's in you know in some financial trouble so basically um the old man he paid this low lease amount for 30 years like 350 dollars a month yeah but now it's like 21 days away and that 30 years is up so and then the they bank, got yeah tw- uh, 2.5 million dollars for the next five years which is bonkers as fuck like crazy and they want to yeah. basically they want to take over the lease and or they want to take over the land and build a skyscraper or this big corporate bank or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. um you know this is one of those movies you know it's the, it's the man he wants to take <laughs> over this old man's bar that he opened a long long time ago and uh and he says he even the old man even says like back in the day nobody wanted to be on this side of the tracks and uh now it it, things are spreading out so they're strong arming the shit out of him and harley says um uh he asked what bank is trying to strong arm you and the old man says great trust bank so harley says well there's only one place to get that kind of money so fast and harley says he ain't um oh i think um jimmy says like there's no one that's going to give us a loan for 2.5 million harley's like i'm not talking about a loan man oh no right away what is barbara marlboro starts looking a little suspicious he's like Nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, and right, right about now, Michael Mann is writing the script to Heat, and he's like, "I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna open my movie with this idea. This is brilliant because they're gonna oh, rob a fucking armored truck." Oh yeah, baby. Which also has Tom Sizemore in it too. No shit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Man. Oh, we do get a little Tom Sizemore in this movie. So, Y'all will see. It just goes to show you, man, that this movie. I, you know what? I may be. I may be going all in here, but I, I'm willing to say that Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man influenced Hollywood for the next 15 years. Quite possibly. It's one of those movies like they were like, well, it didn't make a lot of money, but there's ideas that we can make money from. Right. You know, in this movie. Uh, and it's funny because Vanessa Williams comes in. I think this might be the last time we see her, but she comes in and she she kind of acts really rude to, to jack she's like hey you son of a bitch we we gotta go man <laughs> she, you're supposed to give me a child by the way like she was just like damn well, like well, you know what no i think i think it actually it, it's good because she knows he's up to no good shit harley's yeah. there fucking marlboro's there jimmy's you know jimmy's trying to get more money because they got to keep the bar open like they're up to no fucking good and she's just yeah. like not having any of it she's like nah we're married we're supposed to have fucking kids you know and he's like yeah you can't you can't start a family from behind bars count me out exactly and yeah. so now we're left with this ragtag suicide squad we got the deaf chicano a guy who wears a <laughs> a blue the uh, Jimi hendrix uniform a cowboy and a biker guy you know it's good we'll see what happens you never know you know i i once again uh, i i'm going all in here but i think that this is also part of the marvel universe like <laughs> you know a, a a mute chicano i think that would be a great story and paul rudd would have to be in that film yeah because usually we're so loud so why not just make us not be able to talk well, <laughs> so- <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I can't imagine a Chicano that can't throw a grito. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I like how they skip all the actual planning of this heist and we just get right to the shit. That was my favorite thing. I'm like, hey, fuck all the, like, how we're going to do it. I want to just see y'all do it. I mean, that shit was just later in the afternoon. Like, they just got (laughs) up. They had some breakfast. They said, you ready? Yeah, okay. And they went to Rent-A-Center and got some fucking construction uniforms and some cones. And that was it. It's hilarious. Like, they know where this armored vehicle goes. They know what time it's heading out. They know when to put. Because there's no way you can just start putting up cones in a public in a public area <laughs> and no one tell you shit so they had to definitely time it that okay we know that this truck's gonna come through at this time and it works out great for the most part you know uh the truck is going through a uh, marlboro man jumps up and climbs up onto the vehicle when he holds onto it tight as fuck because the uh the deaf um jose he like basically <laughs> sends him saying, a different direction you keep saying he's deaf he's he's mute his his throat was slashed is that what they said? No, no. You see his throat slashed. He's got a big old scar from like ear to ear. <laughs> and he's he's mute. So he can't. He can hear him. But yeah, he's got a gnarly oh, slash. Oh, he can hear them. I thought he could read lips. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I think Marvel needs to work on his backstory a bit more. But I, I, I like the idea that like he got his throat slit so he can't talk, but he can hear. Okay, cool. That makes more sense now. <laughs> I was like, damn, he can read lips like a son bitch. Like, I thought maybe he was just born like that, and he just can understand. Yeah, he's got what, a mustache uh, going on, too. He does. He, he's, he's badass. He was actually a really good character. Um, I like him a lot. So so they, they're redirecting the guys in the armored vehicle. Eventually, they head to Harley. They just come right up behind him, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because he has all the cones basically blocked so they can't get past. The security guy comes out, and he tell, he has, like, <laughs> He's basically pointing a gun at him. He's like, hey, man, what the fuck's going on? And Harley turns and he points him with a huge-ass shotgun at the security dude. And security dude says, uh, uh, oh, the guy that's inside the security truck presses a giant alarm button, like, in case of a yeah. <laughs> case of emergency. And at which point it's like, why would you just, like, not stay in the truck? Like, I know. <laughs> You're in a giant armored vehicle. Just stay inside and just run over the cones they're made of rubber and like it's okay yeah your car is made of armor and that guy is just made of skin and bone like run his <laughs> ass over come on here that's like that's like day one in armored truck driving school i assume yeah i would assume and so then all of a sudden we see marlboro man come up from the roof of the vehicle he has a but magnificent magnificent aim he's able to shoot the gun out of one of the guy's hands because the other guy does come out of the vehicle he shoots the gun out of his hand he shoots his belt off so we can't even get to like any extra shit and he's just a pro oh, yeah. and they're even kind of shocked by it as we see later on then harley does a move that we will see kind of as a bit throughout this movie as well where he throws his gun at you and says hey heads up <laughs> and you freak out and then he tackles you in the at the same time and uh that's what he does to this guy he throws his, his shotgun at him the guy freaks out tackles him down subdues him marlboro tells um tells him god damn harley guns are meant to be shot not thrown son of a bitch <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> but really do you quit a winning team that's true i mean obviously it works yeah and so uh the security dudes say that you look like a bunch of two-bit hoods to me then Jose blows up the back door of the truck, and Harley says, No, does that look like a work of two bit hoods? And the security dude's like, Well, yeah, a pro would have just taken my keys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that was a pretty good little bit. Yeah, and I think it, I think it does kind of drive home that uh, that point of maybe maybe they are a little out of their realm here. Oh yeah, they're definitely. This is something that they they're fully capable of doing, but this is not something they've done before it feels like like Mm -hmm. this is just they're using their skills that they have but they're also kind of figuring shit out as it goes along and unfortunately um things kind of hit the fan at this point because they uh they start getting all the bags that are in the back of the truck and they start getting them uh they dump them down in the sewer where they have a truck and they're just piling them up and then the security guy says something like we're not the ones you should be worrying about like you should be worrying about the people that we work for and it's at this moment we see five dudes that have arrived. They've grabbed the telephones or whatever. They've gotten to the seats. They've been plugged in from the Matrix, and they are here. Oh, the yeah. Matrix guys show up, and yeah. <laughs> they are in the thickest fucking trench coats I've ever seen in my life. Like it looks like it adds twenty five pounds. Oh to yeah, them. and it's and it's supposed to be the middle of July, and you're just like, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> They look like they would have all made fantastic Cinnabites or something in Hellraiser. They just look ridiculous. <laughs> they don't waste any time, though. They walk side by side, and they just start firing like crazy with these automatic weapons. They're hitting the shit out of everything. They're just, like, going. And the guys are shooting at them, but it's hitting their trench coats and just going off. So this is when we figure out that their trench coats are somehow bulletproof, and we'll learn more about that. And it's uh, funny because Marlboro Man tells uh, Harley... Why don't you throw your gun at them? Maybe you'll hit something. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody is landing shots except for fucking Harley. Like, you know, he's the one shooting and it's like flying off past their fucking heads. You know? Yes. And then we we run into the craziest action movie sequence I've seen in quite a while. Jack comes out of nowhere, screams like, hey, what up? I'm here. He's in his motorcycle. He takes off his gas cap. Oh, yeah. Then he... Pulls, what, what do you call that move? He just like pulls the motorcycle down, slides it. He uses his, his shovel head as a fucking Molotov cocktail. Like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, whatever. He lets the gas come out on the ground. You know, I mean, Die Hard 2, I think, ripped that off at the end. You know, with the Oh, plane. yeah, he does. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. so funny. Like, of course, the gas lights up like no one's business. Oh, yeah. Follows the motorcycle and explodes. And the only thing that bothered me was the guys in the trench coats just kind of jump over the bike like nothing. They're just like. But I mean, come on, haven't you done that shit before? Like, somebody throws something at you, like, you know, you're fucking around as a kid, and they throw something, and you just kind of hop over it like it's no big deal, and you're like, what now? What? Um, not a flaming motorcycle. I feel like I'd probably maybe act a little bit more um, surprised, but they seem to be like, ah, we've seen this before, the the flying, <laughs> fiery motorcycle trick. No problem for us. And But yeah. it does blow up their vehicle, so that's pretty cool. They blow up some property, and it did create a distraction, so they're able to get away and get the fuck away from those guys. And, um, yeah, so then we see Jack, and he's like, yo, I need a new bike, though, because my girl's going to find out I helped y'all out. And Harley says, <laughs> this is the kind of friend Harley is. He says, hey, I can take care of the bike, but I can't take care of the bitch. <laughs> And then the audience erupted in laughter, intermission, <laughs> everybody got popcorn. Oh my god, I was like, oh, Harley, this is why nobody likes you. Yeah. <laughs> so now it looks like they uh, it looks like they jumped the wrong train is what uh, Marlboro says because they start taking out what's in the bags thinking it's full of cash and it is unfortunately bricks of raspberry jello are also known as 
the was it uh, crack dream uh, crystal dream crystal dream i would say the tangerine dream <laughs> yeah but uh, there's like six bricks of it and th- come on you're gonna sit here and tell me that they didn't think it was two and a half million dollars like i don't know if money suddenly became like the size of a credit card in the future but there's no way in hell i'm gonna look at these this bag of six bricks and go fuck yeah i'm rich i know i would have been a little suspicious right away and maybe they could have dodged this whole situation and just left the scene but that's not the way things work out we get jimmy he's kind of freaking out about the whole situation jose's i think brother died from crystal dream so mm-hmm. he's not happy about it and marl tell marlboro sets it up he's like hey man y'all signed up for all this so you're a part of this so there's no turning back we need to figure out what the hell we're gonna do so in the next scene we are in the bad guys evil lair or as i like to call the corporate office in the top floor of a corporate building and uh I've been in a lot of these. Uh, let me tell you, and you can really slice the evil energy with a knife in these places. <laughs> and we meet a very young and very skinny, and I guess not as uh, drug-riddled Tom Sizemore. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about that because he looks like he's half a step away from breaking out in a cold sweat like this whole fucking time. His eyes are dilated. I mean, we were watching a, a movie. Tim Tim loves this female wrestler. Okay. And her name is Mimi Lasios. She, I can't shit on her like at all because she was doing professional wrestling. She made all of her money. She started producing, writing, directing, and starring in her own movies. Like these movies are fucking oh, yeah. awful. Like they're bad. Like, like they are bad. But I can't shit on her. She had Tom Sizemore in a movie like 15 years ago. That dude was soaking wet with sweat the whole time <laughs> he's just like i just need to get these lines out i just need to get these lines out and then i'll just have enough money just to get what i need he's, to get. he's like looking at the clock like three more hours till coke <laughs> two more hours till coke you know in fact actually we have tom sizemore in this movie we've got uh we've got oh god uh mickey rourke like what was the coke budget like on the, we got daniel baldwin what was the coke budget to this movie oh my god it must have been so much so much. half of that seven and a half million dollars went to coke dear god and and i will give tom sizemore does a good performance here he does play a hell of a bad guy he doesn't he, he doesn't stray away too far from who he is but he does carry <laughs> it very well. i don't think it was a stretch for tom to be a piece of not, shit not much of a stretch and uh i do wish he had been given a little more to do as well but uh it's still a lot of fun to see him do his thing and like what would you um, like to see him do I would like him to get a little crazier just a little bit like kind of like, like what like not tip a waitress like what do you want to see I want to see him unhinged. I want him to start doing like an evil guy laugh. I want him to just like shoot. Like he never really shot anybody. It would have been fun to see but that's, him do some but, of that. But that's the thing is that's not why he's evil. He's supposed to be a little. Yeah, he's, he's a corporate be- evil. He he manages this bank, but he's also like in reality a piece of shit drug lord. But he's hiding behind that corporate veil. Yeah, yeah. He he's got to keep in the character and. I don't know. I just was kind of hoping he'd be a little more psychotic, but uh, I th- but yeah, he's just yeah, he's just a corporate guy who's who happens to be making a lot of money doing some druggy stuff. He like he's got this thing about him, and I don't know if you noticed this, but Daniel Baldwin's character's named is Alexander, and and nothing to the Alexanders out there who are listening, but just the way <laughs> Tom Sizemore keeps calling him Alexander, like it just it's like some douchebag bro shit like hey alexander can you get me my tennis ball hey are we gonna go sailing later 
you know are we gonna go give this crystal dream to that school bus full of children all right i know i actually am curious how many people are named alexander and actually are referred to as alexander on the daily exactly you've got al you've got alex you've got xander you got alejandro exactly (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so then a uh, Sizemore security leader, um, which is Alexander, by the way, uh, the thickest of the Baldwins, as we mentioned. He's uh, he's coming through, and he uh, basically there's uh, he tells uh, Sizemore that these are just some low-level hoodlums, basically, and they pretty much nobodies. And Sizemore is perplexed because he's like, well, then how did these amateurs uh, are? How were they able to destroy two vehicles and get away with all the goods? And Daniel Baldwin says they were extremely lucky. And Sizemore tells him to kill these dudes and get this shit done. So he wants them to kill them and get the shit back. So we're back with Vanessa Williams. She's singing some fucking other shit at the <laughs> bar. And it's um, probably her fault that this damn bar is going in the shitter, by the way. I mean, they don't have any real fun music going on. Maybe bringing some Texas country bands or some shit, you know, liven this place yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, the, the biker bar they were at in the beginning had a better band, you know? Yeah. Get a Harley with a naked woman on top of it. That place was fucking packed. Yeah, and, uh, man, Pops needs to bring this shit back. You know, the old man needs to come back and just bring in some real bands and kick freaking <laughs> yeah check out vanessa williams oh. uh and so harley's trying to apologize to marlboro they're hanging out in the bar or not at the bar but they're at a table and it's funny because what happens here charlie uh, a waitress comes up <laughs> Tell us a little bit oh about my this god so this i feel like this was like somebody's girlfriend that they were like hey you want to be in this movie for like like a day because she can barely get her fucking lines out like like she has one line and it's broken up into two thoughts you know she's comes yep. over and she's just like hey uh, jimmy said that you could help me get a ride and she sits down with uh with uh, harley and he's just kind of like uh-huh okay and he he says her name which is like becky or Susie or sally sally, sally. some yeah. basic name sally and she goes well my name's not really sally and then she leans in and she goes it's honey and uh then she goes in the same breath pure gold right like first of all like back up like don't whisper that shit like come on i'm not gonna give you like 20 dollars for a lap dance okay calm down like that's like that's that kind of proximity she had but then like then there's like a 10 second beat you know don looks at you know don looks over at mickey mickey looks at don they exchange a couple glances and then she leans back in and goes pure gold and sweet like was that the best take of the night (laughs) i guess so it is so weird and i've never met anyone who their real name is like a stripper name and her work name is a regular name. I was just so confused. I was like, just go by honey. Why are you- <laughs> yeah. Like, like, did you forget your badge at home? Like, what's happening? That's what I was thinking because I actually have had friends that did that back when I was, you know, in college and had, like, these jobs where you had to wear a stupid badge with your stupid name on it. Um, <laughs> and usually, but, yes, I thought that was hilarious. Usually in the first few minutes they realize that his name is not Rebecca, you know. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Becky. Um, I expect you to respect that. My name uh, is Becky, pure gold and sweet. And then you like <laughs> wink, you know, and I would have gone through the whole bit with uh, Kung Pao. You will now refer to me as the name <laughs> Becky. <laughs> so uh, Harley and Marlboro try to have a meaningful conversation about this um, 
Harley's wife, because uh, after Honey leaves, they start talking serious well, guy to guy but, talk. But did you hear what she also says? She gets off work at 10 o'clock. That place is a bar and grill. Like, like your night just starts at 10 o'clock. Like, do you not want to make some money tonight? I was going to say, she's like one of those weird bar uh, uh, servers that are, they work from like noon to nine and they make no money at all. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> she should have been like, yeah, pure gold and sweet and broke as fuck. <laughs> so Harley does actually agree that uh, he's going to go ahead and take her home. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so we got that squared away harley's like all right I, so i got my taste for the night that's good to know and then they have this meaningful conversation of course because that's how men are you know we have our fun and then we have these uh, buddy buddy conversations and harley talks about the wife that just straight up left his ass which i guess is that Je- jenny jenny and jenny lee no that's a jenny porn lee? star i think jenny ann jenny ann and how she left his ass out of nowhere and um I think it's out of nowhere for Harley, but she, he, come on, he's a piece of crap. So I, I mean, the signs just, were there. He just ignored them. Exactly. So then Marlboro asks if he can borrow Harley's bike because uh, he wants to go out for a joyride. And uh, Harley's like, well, dude, I got to take Honey home. He's like, just get her a cab, bro. He's like, well, okay. I mean, you know, I'm poor, but okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like wait, wait, wait. This had to have been in the past because how much does a cab in, in fucking Burbank cost? Like a lot. Oh, shit. I was like, damn, dude, there's no Lyft or Uber out here. Like, you have to pay some real money to these cab drivers back then. Oh, yeah. And we know Honey wasn't making any money that night. Hell nah. I mean, she's the... I guess I guess he sort of paid to get some Honey, you know, in a way. Hey, man. I mean, I'm not trying to degrade her, but I mean, it's just, you know, he's trying to get a little something. She was trying to get a little something. It kind of works out for everybody. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it was a fair <laughs> trade. It's a fair trade. So then Marlboro goes out on a goddamn joyride, and he makes eye contact with the motorcycle cop. I was so confused by this, by the way. I was like, what the hell is he doing? This is like something some like 19-year-old would do at his motorcycle. Like, <laughs> hey, am I going to egg on the cop? And, and like, fucking- like those videos that used to be on like YouTube back in like 2007, where it was like, watch us outrun the cops, you know? Yeah, and that's a real thing that they do. I... I uh, the one time I've ever been on a motorcycle, I was maybe like 19, and a friend of mine just got one. He was super hype about it. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, you want to go for a ride? And it was like a little Suzuki or Kawasaki ninja. Oh, is it the Suzuki that makes the ninjas? Whichever one uh, makes the Yeah, I think it was a Suzuki ninja. I'm, I I don't know my Japanese I don't remember bikes. those, but it's one of those crotch rocket bikes. So there's not a lot of room for anyone's ass behind in the back. You were riding nuts but, to butts, huh? Yes, I was right. Well, at first I was like, hey, man, I want to get all up on you, bro. So I just kind of had some distance. <laughs> you, he looked at you and you're like, it's the bike, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, he takes off and I almost fall off. And he's like, dude, you need to seriously hold me. Like, <laughs> we're going to go really fast. I was like, okay. So we get on the highway and he starts going really fast i couldn't see a speedometer uh, but it was going crazy fast i look back i see cop lights and i'm like trying to yell at them but we can't hear anything we're on the highway so all the lights become a single streak oh which i'd never seen in my life isn't it fun it is insane it's like you're gonna go into hyperspace he goes crazy fast and we and then he's eventually goes off the highway and we go through a couple of small streets and then we go back to my friend's house and i'm like what the fuck was that he's like well i had to get away from the cops i was like you're fucking crazy dude like what the i was freaking out man but it turned you on something awful didn't it 
Oh yeah, yeah that I mean, that rush. I it's a good time. I understood it. I was like, okay, I see why guys buy bikes because it, it is kind of crazy that it's legal to have that much power in between your legs. So. Marlboro man looks eye in eye contact with this cop. She starts chasing him. Well, we don't. She ends up we don't know pulling. it's a woman yet. No, no, we don't know. We just know that it's some cop on a bike, motorcycle cop. She chases him down, or he, well, this cop chases him down. But we find out pretty quickly because she uh, tells tells him to put his hands on the wall, and uh, he puts his hands on the wall. Mm-hmm. He definitely drove somewhere specifically for this purpose because the next thing you know, uh, she's frisking him and uh, she gets a good uh, feel of Don's Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> Which I'm sitting here going, days of thunder, you hack. <laughs> I, there's actually a couple of things in this movie where I'm like, this has been done so many times and that is one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, she gets a good feel. Next thing you know, bada bing, bada boom, they're in her place. This is his, uh, his little side, you know, I don't even want to say side peek because he's not with anyone. This is just a woman that he uh, gives booty calls to, I guess. I don't even know. Exactly. But we do find out fairly quickly after this that uh, she's like, yeah, so I'm getting married. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. How many of us have had this, you know, after conversation and when you're like, oh, really? Oh. I know. I know. I'm just like, dude. um, He's still sort of living this life of having fun and being dangerous, and obviously that makes him incredibly attractive to women. But we don't and, uh, really ever see his for... house. Like he, he's essentially a homeless person with a motorcycle. <laughs> like that's just—I don't know, man. You know, that is what he is. He's like a drifter, and it makes him attractive. <laughs> and uh, this has been a lot for her, but she's like, you know what? I'm going to move you know, on. As a throwback uh, to one of your previous episodes, he's a forgotten man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a forgotten man. For those of y'all who are wondering what a forgotten man is, just uh, tune into the... Um, <laughs> who forgot that shit already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my man Godfrey with uh, the good... My good buddy uh, Brody. So she uh, she let me know about what a forgotten man was. If you want the full definition, go there. After you're done with this, of course. He lives in a dump. <laughs> That's what it yes. was. <laughs> he lives in a dump and no one loves him. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so they go back and forth. He says he is who he is. You know, I am who I am, and there's nothing I can do about that. And the cop tells him, well, someday you'll find yourself. The dude is 40 years old. He's gonna, he is who he is. I don't think he's going to find himself anytime <laughs> that soon. That die is cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. So then after that, for some fucking reason, Harley just knows where this lady lives. He's making breakfast in her, in her house, and he's, like, burning it and shit. He's like, oh, this is all for Marlboro. I want to take you out for breakfast. You know, it, it's not said ever, but it's heavily implied, especially when they talked about robbing the, the armored car, that to some degree they all grew up with each other. And they, there's a reference that the old man who owns the rock and roll bar and grill basically kept them all off the streets as kids. So I don't know if that was like a, a communal gathering place for them, yeah. or, you know, or if, you know, they were all essentially just like street kids who, you know, all went their own path. It makes sense. And maybe, um, and even if, if I, oh gosh, I think her name is Virginia, the yeah, cop. Yep. Virginia Slime. I think if Marlboro had been going out, like even if she wasn't one of the stray kids, like or the or 
<laughs> the orphan kicks that obviously Marlboro's known her for a long time so yeah so i guess harley kind of just like oh i can work my way in and she's not gonna freak out by seeing me in here <laughs> so they go and they get oh, breakfast no woman is gonna freak out seeing mickey rourke in their house in 1991 uh, well, not in 91, but now they would call the police immediately. <laughs> yeah. There's some kind of um, the fucking, thing the here. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is in my house. <laughs> sorry, Mickey, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. Oh, he is not going to listen to this. You say that, but you know what? Like, Mickey, so I go to a motorcycle show down in L.A. Like, I've gone the last two years, and it's only been happening for like the last ten years. And Mickey Rourke will fucking show up and just be Mickey fucking Rourke because he's a big motorcycle guy. And it's it's out in um, oh gosh, uh, not Orange County, but it's it's down south a little bit more. And okay. he'll actually show up and walk around. People don't fuck with him. They don't bother him. And it's not like you can miss Mickey Rourke. I mean, come on. Yeah, you know? I think that's one of those things where. Those are people that will just respect them. It, it's just um, unbecoming of a badass motorcycle guy to just go up and yeah. be all like, oh, my God, you're Mickey Roy. I don't know how like, badass that's... they are because, like, it's people our age who wear thrift store clothes. They drive, <laughs> sev- you know, they ride 70s and 80s Harleys, and they're wearing $40,000 Rolexes on their wrist. Like, oh, I, I okay. shit you not. But it's a great Those show. Guys. Yeah, that seems, seems like fun. But uh, yeah, so he takes out the cop for breakfast, and uh, they, they are. Uh, he starts asking her. He's like, "Hey, man, what is up with this uh, crystal dream?" And the cop says, "It's one hundred percent addictive, and one in seven users die from it." So she starts thinking maybe Harley's starting to want to <laughs> use these drugs, and she's like, "Here's what she says about it." Here's all the science talk, y'all. She says, it's a liquid-based blue crystalline substance with a neurotoxin, RAH, retina-activating hallucinogen. Harley says, so it sort of numbs your senses and makes the world look better. Yep. (laughs) She says, that's the high. The low is the damages the central nervous system, which causes insanity, then death. On the street, it's called the dream, which really makes no sense. And, and without missing a beat, Mickey sucks the egg yolk off of his thumb and looks around like, huh. <laughs> I know. So that's what honestly, I'm up to now. <laughs> honestly, one of my favorite parts of this scene is the fact that Mickey's face is so realistically greasy. Like he's been <laughs> well, eating the fucking greasiest breakfast you can think of. <laughs> he, he sucks the egg yolk off of his thumb and goes, he looks her dead in the face and goes, you know, I don't do drugs anymore. And then breaks <laughs> the fourth fucking wall, you know, and it's just kind of like, yeah, Mickey, we get it. God damn. <laughs> So then the cop, uh, the cop tells uh, Virginia, tells Harley that she's jealous of him because cause they end up going back to the place and she's like, I'm jealous of you because you and Marlboro, y'all get to, you know, y'all get to just live this crazy ass life of doing whatever the hell you want and I got to live this nine to five cop life, you know? <laughs> so she definitely admires it, but I think at the same time it's like, eh, it's it has its good. I mean, we all have bad. those friends, you know, we all have those friends that like, you know, they don't do much, but they're always uploading on Instagram that they're like in Mexico or they're over like in indonesia you know what i mean and we're like (laughs) fuck man i gotta work a nine to five i wish i could do that but then you realize oh wait but you don't have a fucking job like you're (laughs) you know the you're on a sailboat but did you see the guy who owns the sailboat i know so then harley asks marlboro because marlboro comes through and he's like working on his boots and he's retaping them with duct tape (laughs) and he's asking what's up with your boots and marlboro says "Ah, i don't know i don't want to talk about my boots and 
he tells he asks Harley for a cigarette. I guess he's smoking again. You know, it's just like it's a stressful situation. Women will do he's that. Obviously, to you. bummed out. You know. Oh yeah, women will he, make you he, smoke. Yeah, yes, he, he has feelings for her, and he doesn't want to admit it. So uh, then they find her dude's Harley Davidson bike, and Marlboro's uh, decides to hotwire it. And it's funny because Harley's trying to give him pointers as to how to hotwire it, <laughs> and Marlboro's like, "Don't tell me how to hotwire a freaking motorcycle. I know how to hotwire a motorcycle." When he starts, mo- he starts kind of hotwiring it, and it's not working. He's like, "You got to press the gas." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh shit!" And he turns on the gas, and sure enough, it fires up. <laughs> he says, "As he's he's gonna take my girl, I'm gonna take his bike." <laughs> so they head out. So the boys head to the bank to negotiate with Sizemore, and Harley says, you're going to just let this whole Virginia thing go just like that? And Marlboro says, well, the way I see it, she let me go. And Marlboro says his pops always told him never to chase buses or women. You always get left behind. His dad is full of great advice, like not even a lie. There's been times in my life where I'm like, what would Don Johnson's dad and Harley Davidson, the Marlboro man, do? And yeah. uh, we see that the I'm, I'm <laughs> sitting there and there's a dead hooker in front of me and I'm just like, well, I better chalk this stick really good. That's what he would do. <laughs> oh, God. So the Matrix guys notice the guys coming through right away. They're like, oh, shit. So they let Sizemore know that they're there. Then we see maybe the most gorgeous executive assistant ever oh, in any movie, the great Tia Carrera or Carreri. I don't know. Which is a is. shame because she has like no lines. The only lines she has are like double entendres. And it's like, what a waste. <laughs> I know. They totally wasted her. She would have been awesome as like. Honestly, it would have been cool if she was, like, the brains of the whole thing and she's just kind of controlling Sizemore or, you know, like, something like that. Or if they, she just had some more stuff to say. Or if she fun. was, like, Sizemore, you know, she unzips the human suit and she actually is Tom Sizemore. And it's like... Oh, shit. Fucking did not see that shit coming. Comic book hentai shit. Oh, shit. It's the future. Fucking Death by Bukake is what that movie would be called. <laughs> <laughs> so then Harley, of course... Hits on her because she's gorgeous. And then they <laughs> head on. to the meeting office. Marlboro says, you know this ain't going to fly. Like, this isn't no. going to work. And Harley bets him a dollar that it will. <laughs> and he says if Marlboro wins, he'll give him uh, an IOU because he's broke right now. <laughs> he, like, spent all his money on the on That the cab fare last night broke me. <laughs> but then, you know, then uh, then Marlboro reminds him, well, if, if uh, you win, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we're screwed, man. So Sizemore calls and says... uh he says, you got balls, big ones. And Harley says, uh, his balls are big enough to get your attention. And Marlboro points out the camera. He's like, eight. They're obviously watching you from this camera up here. So then Harley looks right at it. He says he wants $2.5 million and he'll give him the drugs back. He, and, uh, and you know what? He says, scratch that. 2.5 plus a buck because I have a bet. <laughs> <laughs> they set up the meeting place in some airplane graveyard, which we are going to get to know very well. And uh, Sizemore tells him, uh, to, he tells the guys, the Matrix guys, he's like, hey, let them go. Let's just go ahead and go through these uh, motions because he has a bigger plan. And he's so, so they, fucking slimy, they, too, when he says it. You oh, know, yeah. like, you look at him and, like, if there was ever, like, a lizard in a person suit, it's Tom Sizemore <laughs> in this fucking movie. You, like, I'm waiting for him to lick his fucking eyeball. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he's just, Alexander, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> it's so good. He has, a, he just pulls that energy so well. So then, uh, Danny Baldwin, Alexander, he's in his full Matrix uniform. They they come in a helicopter to the airplane graveyard and they bring him the money. 
and they tell them like, hey, open up the fucking, uh, open up the suitcase. We want to see, make sure it's the right stuff. And they see that it's all the money. And, uh, and it's funny because he walks up to them and he says, uh, you boys are some good dilettantes. I'm like, who says dilettantes? Somebody named Alexander. <laughs> I hadn't heard that word in so long. I almost had, a, I, I always thought about like, I might need to look this up. I forgot what the hell this word means. No one says it anymore. <laughs> um, so it's a, such a pretentious way to say amateurs, basically. Like, you're an amateur in something. Um, it used to be used for amateur in, like, art. Like, you're somebody that, somebody that just is new to the art, of uh, fine arts. So you're a dilettante. Anyway, so then Harley asks to see the money. They see it. He asks about, uh, Danny asks about the dollar coin. He's like, yeah, we had a bet. He flick, and Harley flicks it over to Marlboro. He catches it like a boss. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, these guys are cool. And, um, wait, 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 wait. We're like only 30 minutes into the movie and you just realize these guys are cool? <laughs> I, I think you got to really impress me. And when you, th- when you flick a coin up in the air and your friend grabs it, that is a connection that cannot be unbroken. I don't know. When you can pick up a waitress by just having a mode of transportation, like that's impressive to me. Because I've never yeah, been but able that to is do just, that. Yeah, but that is just like one. Like it's the connection thing that does me in. Like it's they're cool together. Yeah, because we don't get a lot of them being cool together. We see how they're cool separate. Mm-hmm. So I try to soak in when I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of. I'm trying to get the movie to make me understand why these guys are friends. <laughs> I think it just goes back to that fact that they are the yin and the yang. Like each one, yeah. you know. Like you know, you'll see Harley can't shoot. But Marlboro can shoot with his damn eyes closed, you know. <laughs> you know, Harley is uh, Harley is in love with Jenny Ann, you know. And then you see Marlboro, who's at heart, try as he might, you know, he's in love with a woman who is basically said, "I can't reciprocate these feelings because we're at different places," and just sits there and all marriages for the other guys. You know, they are yeah. the flip side of the same coin. They are. You're right. You're right. So they bring the money over to the pops. They're excited. They've won. They all re- they're all ready to celebrate. It's the end of the movie, y'all. But wait, credits roll. Maybe it's not <laughs> credits roll. <laughs> yeah, credits roll. And credits Terminator roll, Two Charlie. starts. Here we go. That was the intro. <laughs> oh my god! And, uh, yeah, that's true. Here we come into the second act. Marlboro is acting weird, and Harley asks him what's wrong, and Marlboro's like, "I don't know, man. That seems a little too easy. Uh, we may need a." you know get out of dodge and lay low but right at that moment of course the matrix guys come through and they start talking to pops luckily the guys are actually on the other side of the secret part of the bar where there's like a two-way two-way mirror and one they kind of look one into way the main part. you can't have a two-way then it's a piece of glass oh one way yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> they're on the other side of the window they're like, hey, we see you, Danny Baldwin, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Danny Baldwin can only see you if you move, so you just got to stand still. <laughs> yeah, Danny Baldwin's like a raptor or a deer. Fucking, fucking Spielberg's writing this shit down in the theater. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, they can only see you when you move. So, yeah, so he comes in, and you see him kind of chatting with the old man. And then Danny Baldwin looks directly into that into that freaking mirror, and it's like he can see them in a way. And he points his gun at the old man and fucking blows him away. Without even looking at him. He just doesn't even look. He just blasts him without even looking. Oh, it's baller, dude. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, there he goes. We lose a couple of guys in this battle because then he shoots the glass and he shoots Jose. And he shoots Jimmy. He shoots Giancarlo. No, yeah, yeah, he shoots Jimmy first. That's right. 
Because Jimmy yells. That's his um, basically what his his uh, father in law, right? That, Jim, that's his dad. That's because Vanessa Williams is his sister. Oh, that's yeah. right. And actually, and so after, uh, so they're actually getting ready to leave before they blast the old man. And and uh, Harley goes, "Yeah, you piece of shit." And at, when he says that, Daniel Baldwin stops and turns and makes eye contact with him through the one way mirror. And it was like, "Oh, shit's about to go down." Yep. And I think we we find out why Danny Baldwin knows they're right there, but we'll uh, we'll learn a little bit later. I don't want to spoil it for y'all, but um, but yeah. So he start <laughs> he shoots the shit out of out of Jimmy. Yeah. Then there's a big old gun battle. They blow up. Uh, Jose dies, but he does get one guy. So mm-hmm. now we're down to four Matrix guys. Um, then they end up. Then I think uh, Marlboro and Harley go back and forth. They both end up jumping out of that scene. <laughs> I think it's the same fucking window Jack threw. They they <laughs> jump out of the same window and they destroy a different car. Which if you go to the Holly, if you go to the Rock and Roll Bar and Grill, do not park behind the fucking building up against the airport <laughs> yeah. fence because your car will get fucked up. Park at the Warner Brothers studio like, and then walk your way yeah, to the bar. Just, it's like <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's like in Beverly Hills Cop when Eddie Murphy drives his shitty Nova over to that country club and he goes he goes yeah all this shit happened last time i parked here it got all fucked up <laughs> <laughs> so uh so then jack is like oh i'm following you i'll be right there but ah uh, man they end up getting jack well because he is the giant most giant person to kill like he's he gave his life hell. though so they could get away that's a friend he did yeah he sacrificed his life and then the boys try to find a good place to hide while uh they luckily there's a giant um airport <laughs> next to <laughs> yeah, the fence is the airport like you jump out of the hollywood or out of the rock and roll bar and grill you jump out of the window and you're at the burbank airport you know <laughs> pre 9 11 was amazing you could run around on the fucking tarmac you could you know you could fire a gun at an airport and nobody cared. I know he. It's a uh, freaking the the Matrix guys chase him, and Daddy Baldwin literally shoots a guy, and nobody really reacts. to Okay, it. okay. How many YouTube videos are there of people watching the ground crew load an airplane with luggage? They blast that fucking guy. How many people in an airplane are going? Oh, was my luggage okay? Like, <laughs> I know, right? It's insane, man, because the guys are hidden. They're trying to hold on to one of the airport employees that was going in to help load the luggage. And they're holding on to her, and she's putting up a good fight. And Danny Baldwin shoots that dude. That dude gets thrown in the conveyor belt that goes up to the uh, underneath the airplane where they're packaging everything. And that's when the girl sees, like, oh, shit, this is serious. So she finally calms down. And Baldwin starts looking around, and luckily he doesn't see them. And our guys end up in Las Vegas. Like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'll take it. You got two and so, a half million dollars in a suitcase, and you're in Vegas? Sounds like a good deal. And um, it's funny. So they're in Vegas, and Marble says uh, he hates this place. And Harley says, you don't even know this place. And like Marble's like, dude, I grew up here. Like, Do you not know anything <laughs> about me, the guy that's supposed to be my friend? <laughs> And he's like, oh, really? You mean some of the best rodeo riders come from Vegas? And he's like, yeah. Or, he, or what does it say? He calls them shit-kicking rodeo stars. He goes, some of the best. <laughs> By the way, the best the best uh, bull riders come from Brazil, I'm pretty sure. You know what? Uh, I have seen some good Mexican bull riders. At, like, some are amazing. Like, you watch it oh, and you're yeah. like, 
holy shit. I think it's because the laws are different. Like, here you can't really harm animals, but when you get out of the U.S., like, you know, and they do shit, you're like, god damn. This is still, like, like an I ancient art. I think in art. Brazil and Mexico, let's face it, they're able to fuck with the bulls more, to piss them off more. Or so they then, stab them and stuff. So they get a stronger bull yeah. to ride. So then when they come over here to compete, they're like, oh, this bull's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is like riding a fucking lazy boy. Any of y'all who are into bull riding, I obviously don't know anything about it, so don't text me or message me. <laughs> don't write letters. Don't call us. I know. We don't know anything about bull riding, but it's still a stupid sport. So then they get... <laughs> unless so they get unless the you're getting gored, and then it's like, fuck, here comes the popcorn. Holy shit. You know, as I'm, si- That's true. As I'm sitting on the couch at home going, ha, loser. <laughs> you dedicated your life to this, you stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. So they get to a hotel since they have a shitload of money, not a big deal. And Harley mentions that he has a he had his cherry popped in a hotel <laughs> just like this in Mesquite, Texas. Yeah, but not just to any girl, to a big fat girl. Oh yeah, of course he says a big fat girl, which uh, you don't you don't hear very much anymore nowadays. But uh, back in the day, you could just call fat girls fat girls. You know, that's just the way it was. And take he a- says her name was Annie, <laughs> and she was pretty fat. She's pretty fat. She's pretty thick. <laughs> Speaking of bull and so, riding. And Marlboro's looking paranoid as fuck. He's barely listening. Oh, he's sweating. He says, dude, you shouldn't have gotten a freaking place this high up. Like, it's going to be hard to escape. We're screwed. And Harley says, they're, you know, they're not going to find us here, man. Don't worry. Harley says, stop whining. And he says, you're starting to sound like Jimmy. And Mar- at the, the fact that he said that so nonchalant, Marlboro turns and just cocks back and punches the shit but out of But he Harley. punches him really weird, too. You see that? He punched him, like, with an, like... Like an uh, toward his fist, like not like a normal punch, like a downward open fist. If that makes sense, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, but yet, yet, he, yet Harley's bleeding like a son of a bitch. Like he, <laughs> yeah, he got a glass jaw. I guess. I guess so, because man, his mouth is full of blood, and uh, Marlboro's disappointed in him. Man, he's like, dude, we lost four of our friends tonight. Like, and you're acting like nothing happened. They are tag on a toe dead, which is kind of fun. I need to say that at some point. It's a good line. And uh, Harley says, yo, I didn't force anyone to do this. They decided they want to take part in this. They took that chance. They knew the risk. But right now, we need to pull it together and survive. And Marlboro's like, I don't want to hear it right now. I'm going to go and I'm going to call my cop lady friend that I love. So he does. He goes and calls her. And at the same time, like Harley notices, right, that the dollar coin is kind of glowing. And he realizes, mm, this is something different. This isn't a regular-ass coin. There, yeah, there's something weird about this coin, which all of us, you know, growing up in this day and age, we're like, oh, that's a tracker. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking tracker, man. I know. I feel like in 91, not as common. <laughs> as we but log now into we just... Facebook on our phone, look at that fucking obvious tracker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier now. So then we see that Marlboro is called uh, Virginia. She's asleep with her fiance, but of course she answers anyway. Because hell, you—if Don Johnson calls you, you fucking answer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he talks about being in a shit situation. And he and he says, uh, he says, yeah, just things aren't great. And she's like, are you? Do you need help? And he's like, I'd rather you not help because, uh, well, I've had friends already die, and well, I don't want you to die. She, I think she knows what happened because she said, "Tell me where you are, and I can help you." Which that's a red flag to me. Like she's a cop. And I was just associated to, like, the death of four people in a gun battle. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing. 
right around that same time, though, he sees the Matrix boys coming through. <laughs> you start hearing techno music coming through. Dun, dun, dun. Which, they're still wearing those fucking leather jackets in July <laughs> in fucking Vegas like assholes. Nowadays, these guys would get tackled immediately because the people that look like this are the ones that shoot pe- innocent people. Like, they just look like a bunch of Aryan crazy fucks. Like, well, I mean, I'm not going to touch Daniel Baldwin because I don't know where he's been. But, like, that's going to set off some fucking alarms. Like, at a casino, if you're going to walk in, like, with with a fucking <laughs> with an automatic machine gun <laughs> under your fucking jacket. Like, uh, uh. And you have a jacket that covers your neck for protection. <laughs> it's <laughs> super dangerous. Actually, to be fair... I don't know if that would raise alarms because I worked at a casino uh, that got shot up back in 2011 and they didn't know any of that shit until like the bullets started flying. So, Oh, you said back in 2011. I mean, we'll see if it, I, I don't know, maybe if it happened today, it might be different. 2011 but... is 21 years after this movie came out. Like, so, I mean, I mean, you never know. You never know. But, I mean, this is a future we don't know about. This is 1996, you know, from 1991. So 15 years years later, I mean. (laughs) So so they come on in. Marlboro freaks out. He drops the phone. He doesn't even hang it up. He just lets Virginia, like, where'd you go? He'd probably call her collect, too, like an asshole. I know. She's just charging. (laughs) So then he heads out. And he, and he tells Harley, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Harley says he knows how they found them. But he's like, I don't give a shit. We, explain to me later. We got to get out of here. They head down the hallway and Harley prays to God and says that he'll change. <laughs> and Marvel, man, you ain't going to change shit, dude. Yeah, he goes, piece of he shit. goes, I'll fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and I, to be honest, I heard that line two different ways. I heard him say it originally fucking tried like i'm trying to lie to god like maybe he'll believe me but then i heard it again later because i'll fucking try like yeah i'll try it whatever you know yeah that's always been my thing i'm like maybe um and not so much i'm not a spiritual person but i feel like with people i feel like if people that i'm around if they just know that i'm trying they'll just accept me being not a great person or if i could find a loophole and be like i tried you know (laughs) i promise i won't drink a bottle of beer and then i crack a can open you know (laughs) It happens every day. Yeah. So, of course, they end up having to go up to the roof because they see Danny Baldwin come out of the fucking elevator looking, you know, stone-faced as shit. So they run up the, the stairs. They get to the damn roof. They're about to be coming over. They find some cover behind, like, some air duct bullshit behind that a, you always see in these Behind an HVAC unit, which, let me tell you, is only a bit thicker than cardboard. So I know, I know. I always find it kind of funny how in these action movies they hide behind this HVAC unit equipment, and it's like, dude, that stuff can be shot through pretty quick. And these guys are shooting like what? What are these like assault rifles? Semi-automatic assault yeah, rifles? Yeah, they're or something? they're firing. Uh, they're they're Steyr Augs, which um, actually David David Pearson from uh, the Grindbin Patreon, which if you're not a member, two dollars a month can get you going in the Grindbin chat. You can talk to people. You can hang out with us. Just throw them Yeah, you can there. meet other weirdos that know details about guns. You can meet an Australian <laughs> guy who knows about a Steyr Og and then continually does face swap to Daniel and myself onto the bodies of oh, sexy yeah. women. Yeah. There's a friend of ours, David, who's on the on the Patreon, and there's also a Discord associated if you are part of the Patreon with the grind bin. And he just likes to just mess with us and put our faces on the weirdest shit. He put my face in the Black Swan trailer, and uh, that's haunting as hell. Uh, haunting or sexy? 
haunting and sexy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard of fear boners, but then when I experienced it, let me tell you. <laughs> so, so you're saying David knows a little bit about this stuff? David, it, like David, is uh, he is funny. He he loves this movie. By the way, he was very excited when I told him we were covering this movie because he used to watch this movie with the last boy scout and he goes i cannot watch harley davis and the marlboro man without watching the last boy scout back to back i have to sit and block out like five hours <laughs> Fucking which that is like that's dedication that is that is a mad dedication um and so yeah so they they are coming through and harley looks down and he sees there's a pool like lit they're what maybe 40 floors up uh, i don't even know they are way up well, they're up but let me tell you like i've been on the top of a casino hotel before this is pretty much how it is like you are way the fuck up there if you slip and fall like what they are looking at you're fucking toast like that's it you are oh, yeah. done and there's that's like there's no railings explosion there's no railings on the roof because only people who are supposed to be up there are up there so like what they're looking at like bad idea fucking city it's dangerous yeah. uh harley sees that there's a pool down there he's like hey i'm gonna jump marlboro like we don't have a choice man and marlboro's like you're fucking crazy i'm just gonna try to just try to see what i can do up here and he's like dude i'm gonna jump i'm sorry and it's really funny because <laughs> i've actually had someone do this to me he just punches marlboro in the face for being stubborn well, i thought he, i thought he punched him in the face because he punched him a, like an hour before he goes i owed you that he fucking slugs him one. Oh, is that why yeah. he punched him back <laughs> It's funny. He punches him in the face and he jumps, gets into the pool, and Marble's getting shot at like crazy by Baldwin and his Matrix guys. And so he's like, screw it. I hate you for this, Harley, but I got to do it. He jumps over the ledge and he also jumps into the damn water. Yeah. And it's a funny scene. It's great because, yeah, it's a total reference to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They've got the unstoppable posse following him everywhere. They got to make the jump to get away. You know, there's a there's this movie is like one big pop culture reference the whole way through. So I can see a lot of troops that, you know, they they reused over and over and. But it's 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 a hundred percent original. Don't ever touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't see exact. They all fall into the pool, and of course Harley's like, "Wasn't that exhilarating?" And they're getting shot at by the Matrix guys. So they're like, "We need to get out of here." We don't exactly see how they get away, but they somehow head out on foot, I guess, and they get on a train. And Marlboro is there with him on the train, and they are uh they're on there and they're going back and forth and marlboro's trying to tell harley yo this isn't done man because harley's kind of in the mindset of well we'll just keep running and we'll get away and we'll just keep avoiding these guys and marlboro's like dude we lost our friends we lost people that were like family to us we need to go yeah. and we need to avenge their death yeah we know who the real lone wolf of the group is he's like we could just keep going we don't need to go back yep and Marvel's the one, the one that's more loyal, and, and he feels like he needs to honor these guys. He's like, he st- he stands up, and he's like, better to be dead than cool than alive and uncool. Yeah, he jumps out. I say that shit in real life. <laughs> of course he do. I say it to people like seven and to ten years younger than me, and yeah. Then they kick you in the balls. <laughs> no, no, they go, whoa. Whoa, this dude knows stuff. This old dude. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> You're not even old. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. Uh, so then 
Marlboro just jumps off the damn train because he just and doesn't he exactly fucking punch him too go. before he jumps off the train? Like they've like they've interchanged punches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he jumps off the train. And he he looks back immediately. He's like, "Oh shit, that hurt my fucking shoulder." But I'm gonna look back and see if Harley jumps off because he's my friend, and we don't see Harley jump off. So it looks like Marlboro's on his own at at this point. He heads to Virginia's house and her husband answers the oh, door and he's like, this is that son of a bitch that's been boning my chick. And let me tell you, yeah, when Don Johnson's knocking on your girl's door at 2 a.m., yeah, Not I'd good. be fucking livid myself. You know, all five foot seven of me, I'd be like... <laughs> motherfucker no i mean you know i mean it's not philip michael thomas but if it was i'd, I'd still be kind of pissed but yeah it's it's, it's not good that's no. for sure and mar marlboro um asked for virginia and you start hearing them fight and they go back and i forth. love i love they're screaming and yelling and he goes i am calm <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> and uh marlboro uh sees virginia she comes out he's like is that the guy she's like look no <laughs> <laughs> she's like look you need to tell me what you need to say as i walk you to the curb because this dude is like losing his shit and they are already at the fucking curb before she finishes that sentence like she's like get out of here i know classic hollywood stuff and marlboro looks at her and he's like i don't know what i want but i know what i don't want i don't want whatever there was between us to end without telling you that you've been a better part of my life the best part of my life so we get to see a little marlboro getting a little soft you know he, he seemed like a guy that has a good heart but he's never been in love and i think this is a uh, someone he actually loves yeah yeah and you know and he he's he can't be that vulnerable guy because his dad always taught him these these hardcore you gotta be a strong man kind of rules you know and now yeah. he's just all kind of he's all soft and goopy and and let me tell you <laughs> goopy it's true man you know he's he is he, you can see it he's all squinty he's getting ready to cry and virginia's the kind of tough broad that a man needs in his life that's why i got myself an army gal mm. you know they don't mess around but get yourself a cop she can fix your tickets <laughs> yeah that might be more useful <laughs> don't so, let uh, your girl hear that please <laughs> She would she would understand. <laughs> so then uh so yeah, he, he you know, he the cop stops him for a second because all of a sudden we see good old Harley Davidson find his way back up to Marlboro. She stops him for a second and then she holds her tears back and she heads back inside and Harley Davidson and Marlboro are reunited once again. Yep, and the only thing missing from this is the fucking predator hand fucking slam and muscle flex fucking <laughs> sword fight but yeah they're they're ready to go they're ready to go they go back out to another billboard i get it might be the same billboard platform that they hung out before i mean it probably is the same because probably yeah. is they have like the same meaning it's a in the it, billboard platform spot. and it says las vegas yeah and uh <laughs> i didn't notice i didn't even and we, I've only seen this movie like one and a half times, man. You've seen it 12 times or whatever. I, I, dude, there was a whole summer where I watched this like every fucking day. I would watch this in the morning and Crush Groove in the afternoon. <laughs> so, Which if you want to so talk we, some mustaches, fucking Crush Groove. <laughs> I know. What are you going to do? Good stuff. 
So we see, see we see Marlboro once again taking up his boots, and Harley asks, uh, like, he's like, dude, man, I've known you for all this time. You never tell me why the hell you keep those damn boots. Like, why don't you tell me what's going on? Marlboro says, well, you know, my father gave me these boots. You know, the first time I rode in a professional rodeo, it was the first and last thing he ever gave me. Uh, and I guess he never told Harley this story. <laughs> They're getting to know each other. These guys waited for like freaking 30 years to like become actual real friends. And what you don't see here, every dude in the fucking theater is crying because they've had this conflict with their own dad. You know, <laughs> their girlfriends are like, it's just a pair of fucking boots. But it's more than that, man. <laughs> and, uh,. And so then Marvel says he fell and busted his arm in four places, by the way, in that first rodeo. And Harley suggests, because he's such a good friend, that he'd do it again. I'm like, good <laughs> advice, buddy. <laughs> you should do it again after you broke your arm in four different places. That's easy to say, man. I know. Have you ever broken then, any bones? Uh, have I ever broken any bones? Yeah. Nah, I'm rigid. Yeah. I've, been, I've, I've done a lot of dangerous things never but i've one. been one of those guys that have just been lucky to not break a bone yeah i've done dumb shit never broken a bone i've seen my own bone that was fucking scary but how'd you see your own so, bone and not break a bone you slice yourself yeah like in a junkyard i was working on a car like trying to remove a uh a, a disc brake spindle and i was swinging a i didn't have a sledge to break it loose and i was swinging a drum a brake drum and i slid and it slit it slashed my finger open right at the top of my middle finger right there before the knuckle and i shit you not i looked at it and went huh that cartilage looks like snow oh well shrugged my shoulders it didn't bleed i tied it off with a shoelace and everything went back to work and then it was like two days later i went oh that's bone (laughs) i probably should have gotten some stitches but it healed i'm fine (laughs) didn't you say you're uh did you say you're half mexican what, what are you? Are you half Mexican? Why, why you got to bring that up? Like, because like, it's that Mexican side of you that saw that, that bone and was like, you know what? I'm going to see what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to go to the doctor? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> like, man, no, I'm not man, that. My, my dad is a hard worker. I, I, oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm just saying we rugged as fuck. Actually, we, you know. So, yeah. So, so my dad, I'm half Mexican. My dad is Mexican and he, he's got an automotive shop and he's been doing that for years. And man, I've never been so fucked up as I have been in my life working there. Like, man, I got sliced open. I fucked myself yeah, up. And what does this guy say? Yeah. Put some super glue in it. Go back to fucking yep, work. I, I'm paying you minimum wage here. Come on. <laughs> I once heard a doctor tell my dad, cause I, I'm full blood. <laughs> and, uh, I once heard a doctor tell my dad, Man, if it weren't for your your rhino heart, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mexicans just uh, tend to just keep uh, keep rolling, just keep rolling. They they, they keep joke trapping. about they joke about serious shit, which I fucking love. Like my dad, like when I'll be working at his shop, which is usually on Saturdays. That's when I work on my van, and I'll be in the office, you know, researching shit, and he'll be sitting there, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's my boy right there." He'll be, "Oh, you know, kids can't kill him, can't give him away." You know, and I'm just like, fuck, man, really? And he's just like, yep, well, that's my boy. Shit. Yep. Like, you gotta love You know, it. like he sat there and, he, like, he said, oh, yeah, you know, he went to school. Nope, can't get rid of that bastard. <laughs> can't get rid of that bastard. Well, I'd be proud. I'd be proud to have you as a son, Charlie. Uh, will you be my dad, Daniel? 
I will. I'll, I'll be your like godfather. Just don't be my white fire dad, please. I won't be your white. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, get down on those rims and wash. Don't be. Them, so. Don't be my summer of fear dad over here. <laughs> <laughs> See the grind. Listen to the grindman for the latest summer of fear Blair Vember episode. Are we getting paid every time we say them? Because I'm saying it like I'm getting paid a nickel. I feel like they should at least pay us a nickel, at least. <laughs> so we're we're back with the guys. They're talking, and Harley talks about his. Uh, he brings out this giant ass hand cannon gun, which is a Ruger Super Black Hawk 454 conversion. A castle, yeah, it's got a castle conversion. That thing is a fucking beast. It's a beast. And Marlboro's like, nobody learns on a gun like that. And Harley's like, well, I did. And then Marlboro says, well, that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> so Harley talks about never wanting to kill. This is when we see that these guys, they're rough and tumble guys, but they're not killers. Like Harley says, like, I never wanted to kill anyone or shoot anyone in anger. And Marlboro says the same. They're guys that are just honorable dudes that, you know, sometimes you got to fight. Yes. That's just the way it is. If you're around a bunch of rough motherfuckers, like, you got to fight. Exactly. Like, that's just the way it is. And, they've been and if you don't fight, you get run over. Well, they've been fighting so, their whole yeah. lives. You can see it. Yeah, they've been fighting their whole damn life, but they never wanted to be killers. And uh, and that that's when we see that, you know, the, the movie's trying to tell us these guys are good dudes. And the camera zooms in on Harley gripping the, the coin tracker, so we know someone's going to come in uh, come into play with that. And all right, everyone, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh-oh. We see, we see <laughs> the next scene that the legendary Robert Ginty is the, the guy playing the helicopter. Do you, can you tell us a little bit about Robert Ginty, Char- Char- Charlie? I mean, he was in Baba Black Sheep, and uh, wasn't he, like, in Jefferson Airplane for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Did he fuck his sister? I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, hold on, hold on. Ginty Estate. Don't sue me. I'm backtracking here. Wasn't he in a movie where he wanted to fuck his sister? He was in a movie. So Robert Ginty, y'all. He plays the helicopter pilot in this movie, who has a great cameo, by the way. And this guy <laughs> somehow became an action hero in the eighties. So okay. So this is what's funny to me is. I've seen this movie probably like 60 fucking times, okay? And then like a couple months ago on the grind bin, you guys watched White Fire, which is like now like you guys should just rename the grind bin White Fire. Like it's legend. Like yeah. that's it's it's a fucking legendary movie because it is so fucking ballsy and it is just a fetish film disguised as an action adventure film. And like <laughs> I watch, you know, I, I went like two months listening to you guys going white fire, white fire, white fire, you know, and I, okay, ha 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 ha. I shit you not, I'm doing the research for this movie. I watch it in the opening fucking credits. I see Robert Ginty. I pause this motherfucker and I text you and I'm like, Robert fucking Ginty is in this movie. <laughs> It was meant to be. Yeah. It just happened to be around the same time that the Grindbin happened to cover White Fire. Fucking Kismet. It it is. It's totally Kismet. And Robert Ginty is one of those guys. He's actually a drummer, right? And um, that's how he kind of got his his name out there. He's played with some of the greatest musicians of all time. Mm -hmm. And at some point, he he has taken some theater classes, (laughs) apparently. And uh, he got into some action movies in the well, 80s. I think his mustache got him into that action movie because... <laughs> Quite, you might be right. 
And unfortunately, he doesn't have a mustache in this movie, but he does play the helicopter guy. This was at the twilight of his career. He didn't have too many movies after this. But uh, we, we do get to see him, and Danny Baldwin tells him to shut the hell up <laughs> and uh, just fly the goddamn plane. We're not well, trying to give you too many What do we learn lines. about him? We learn that he was a, he's a Vietnam vet. He's a helicopter pilot in Nam who was in fucking Quezon. Like, this motherfucker's seen some shit. You know, he has seen some shit. Yeah, he's been some play because he he's obviously like twenty years old. <laughs> well, he yeah he is. He's so if this movie takes place in nineteen ninety six and he was flying in Quezon, he's got to be like in his mid to late forties for his character right here. Yes. He's seen some and, shit, uh, and everyone else is it, like you know about the same age. That's the thing. In the early 90s, everyone that was in a movie looked 40. Well, that's... It's just weird. But that's the thing, man. Everybody's smoking and drinking like a motherfucker, you know? That's true. It ain't just good. <laughs> uh, so the guys are arriving in the airplane graveyard because, well, that's that they did, there was no money, more money for any budget to have some other filming location. Well, no, so we're back in the air. This is for graveyard. the this is for the fucking NES game. Like they need to have these places. Like you got the airport graveyard, you've got the fucking cargo hold, you've got Las <laughs> Vegas. You know? Yeah, we're back to Street Fighter Two location. Exactly. You've got. So, <laughs> It's really weird. Yeah. And uh, it uh, looks like the guys have planted the coin as a decoy because they go in the plane and they see a silver suitcase. They open it and they see that the decoy coin is in there. And Danny Baldwin gets pissed off. He breaks the shit. And they go ahead and give away their location. Um, be, the the guys, yeah. both uh, Marlboro and Harley Davidson, give away their location by standing up and showing where they're at. I would have like hid. I would have hid on the side and been like, "Oh, look, they're distracted by the suitcase coin. Let's shoot them now." But that's not what they but, are. They're no. honorable men. I guess they are. Um, this is when we get the fact that this movie's gonna take like an old-fashioned western cowboy kind of angle this is old school yeah we're gonna look at each other from a distance and na, 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 na. you know we're gonna fucking face each other and so a big old firefight breaks out and marlboro is able to get one of them so now we're uh, we're down to just what maybe three matrix guys and it's really i really do like this part charlie mm -hmm. where he's like it's two dollars a bullet for the gun that harley's using because it's a crazy ex rare gun that i guess the bullets are crazy expensive yeah. he's like dude it's two dollars a bullet and you just used 12 bucks of bullets and you didn't hit shit exactly <laughs> if you were shooting for shit you wouldn't get a whiff <laughs> so now they're down which, to which is a which is an interesting statement on the cost of ammunition because i don't know if you've ever had to buy ammunition but it's it's not it's not cheap like that anymore because harley's talking about for his or for uh uh not harley uh uh marlboro's talking for his desert eagle that it costs him what like like six bucks every time he fires and he's got like 12 or 14 rounds in his gun you yes. know it's like a couple cents around now it's like shit man for certain ammunition it's like twenty dollars for 18 rounds it's like Dude, damn it goes up and up nowadays mm -hmm. but uh you know you gotta enjoy it back in the 90s man y'all should have been buying guns in the 90s sons <laughs> of bitches yeah or, or taking them from people robbing fucking gas stations <laughs> so, so we're now down to two matrix dudes and the boys take cover in different areas of a plane a uh, bunny freaks out our jackrabbit <laughs> or something, distracts the shit out of the Matrix guys, and they shoot toward them. But this gives the guys a moment, 
and they're able to start shooting them. I'm starting to think that these motherfuckers are cyborgs because they shoot one of the Matrix guys like three times in the face before he actually goes down. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. He goes down. Marlboro is pretty much doing all the work, and Harley is just adding, I guess, to the chaos with his goddamn hand cannon. Mm, oh and yeah. uh, Marlboro tells Harley to get off his ass and hit something. And Harley says something like, give me a break, dude, because I'm fucking trying. God knows I'm trying. And Marlboro says, well, you're going to need God because we got one guy left and his name is Danny Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he had said Danny Baldwin in the movie. <laughs> Looks straight in the fucking camera. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin's at home and taking a fucking deep breath. Okay, I can go make Biodome. All right. <laughs> we got one guy left and he's part of the Baldwin clan. We're fucked. <laughs> like fucking ben stiller you ever see the ben stiller show from the early 90s oh i know it's solid gold. when he's sitting there because his girl got taken by stephen baldwin he's like i'm stupid stupid head baldwin <laughs> <laughs> stephen baldwin my god before he made, you know, he made the the fucking flintstone sequel oh i know i actually this movie actually made me start digging into the baldwin brothers just to see where they're at don't look into it it's guys sad. it's just sad <laughs> Just remember them back when you were young, and it's just better that way. You went, you did a E True Hollywood story. Oof, it gets rough. <laughs> I could have written one for sure. So then, uh, Danny Baldwin's able to tag Marlboro in the arm, and Harley takes like five freaking minutes to reload his damn gun because it's a goddamn revolver. So it takes a little time to load all the bullets, and uh, and and at the same time. Marlboro's able to grab his gun because uh, I guess Baldwin runs out of bullets and so there's a little moment where he's got to get rid of the assault rifle he's using and switch to his handgun. Marlboro grabs his gun, runs, and he um, kind of makes a makeshift tourniquet to hold the blood back on his arm. Oh yeah, he's shot. He's shot, man, but he's able to take a hit. He gets snuck up on by Baldwin though and he kicks him down and uh, throws Marlboro's gun out. He holds the gun to Marlboro and tells him, you're gonna die. <laughs> and if you want it fast, tell me where the money is. If not, you'll die slow. And then he spits in Danny's face, which always grosses me out in a movie. Oh yeah, that's always <laughs> disgusting, you know, because it's just it's gonna it's gonna you know incite that contempt. But in your mind, you're like, ew, <laughs> <laughs> ew, COVID. <laughs> not even. I'm just like you know I'm I don't like vomiting like i don't drink until i vomit you know i hate i get the stomach flu like maybe like every 15 years or so but it's like i don't know where he's been i don't want those germs on me am i gonna vomit <laughs> maybe then i'm gonna be pissed yeah, i feel you there dude and so then uh harley comes through and daddy right away holds marlboro like kind of like a hostage where he holds um where they're both well, facing out wait, and wait, he has wait, the gun to his wait. head what does marlboro say to Danny Baldwin first. What does he say? He goes, well, it's a good day to die. Mm. Yeah. Right there, you popped a fucking blue chew. You are sitting at attention. You're like, oh, yeah. Can't wait to get back home to my woman. <laughs> or get home to my gun. <laughs> Dry fire all around the apartment. They go shot my gun and then give him a woman. <laughs> so then, yeah. So all this happens and he's holding Marlboro hostage. And Marlboro tells Harley, like, dude, shoot. Like, shoot this son of a bitch. And uh, instead, <laughs> what happens, Charlie? He fucking shoots him in the fucking arm. Which, how he's not fucking bled out 
by this point and can still use his fucking left arm. I don't know. Suspension of disbelief, I, know, it's I guess. It's kind of magical because that's a crazy ass gun. Like, I would have, I feel like that would have made quite if, a dent. If Tim Yobo was here, he'd go, It's the future. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> it's the future. It's, so then Marlboro pressures Harley, like, Shoot him again. Don't think about it. Like, just shoot him. And Danny's like, Yeah, shoot him again. Like, you'll make my job easier. Yep. But he shoots, and boom, he shoots Danny Baldwin's gun out of his hand. And Marlboro is able to get away, grab the gun, and just blow away Danny Baldwin. Danny Baldwin is dead. We'll never and have to see his And they blast his ass. Again. Like, they blast his ass a couple times. They do. They definitely took care. This is when we realized, like, oh, he was kind of the big boss. Like, he's supposed to be the mini boss, but let's face it. He's kind of like the big boss of the movie in a way because he was, like, really hard to freaking get rid of. And then Harley asks Marlboro how he's feeling, and he says... Well, like I've been rolled hard and put up wet. Yep. And I'm not Southern enough to get that. <laughs> to get that reference, but uh, I like the way it sounds. Then he says, I can't believe you fucking shot me, you stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, you dick. You dickhead. You fucking shot me. I can't believe you shot me, you shit bird. He's just like getting mad and at Harley so bad. Studio audience laughter, freeze frame, and roll credits. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, the it end of the buddy cop there. film, you know. But you know what we get? We get more Ginty. <laughs> oh, man. Just when you thought that you couldn't get enough Ginty. You get more, baby. They're back in the helicopter with Ginty, and he says, Man, I'm glad you killed those Matrix motherfuckers because they were a bunch of wuss bags motherfuckers. And he's like, and plus, you know how they, you know why I know they were wussies? Because they wore that Kevlar Japanese armor. And so <laughs> that's when we find out that their armor actually was some like crazy Japanese Kevlar yeah. or something like the, that. The right? lightweight Japanese Kevlar. They were pussies. <laughs> and, he, and he says it almost like Charles Bronson. They were pussies. He does. Hey, I want some pussy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Stop saying the Stop saying the fear. <laughs> so they pay off Ginty. Yeah. They pay off Ginty and they head to see Sizemore. And Harley says as soon as he, they're in the elevator heading over to the office. And Harley says as soon as we ask him to change the lease, if he says no... We're going to shoot his ass dead. So they walk into the office. Sizemore was having a conversation with some of his Japanese guys. And you actually told me a little something about yeah, this, Charlie. So, okay. Actually, so I had my girlfriend rewatch it again because she lived in Japan for like eight or nine years when she was young. And uh, she speaks Japanese fluently. And originally she told me a lot of what he says in this scene is nonsensical. Uh, <laughs> like, not. I originally thought it was that he was speaking japanese sounding noises but yeah he actually she watched it again last night and she said some of it makes sense as if he learned it phonetically from somebody or like it was written down phonetically but he puts an accent on it so there's only certain words that come through and the rest is just kind of like nothing <laughs> you know which and i will admit sizemore sells it pretty well because i thought like me sitting here watching this movie for the last hundred fucking times i'm like god damn tom sizemore is a man for all seasons like like american <laughs> treasure here and then learning yeah. that i'm like you fucking hack you son of a bitch <sighs> so they walk into the office of sizemore 
And he's he's having this business conversation with some asshole. A bunch and of assholes. And then Marlboro shoots the phone that he's on. He has one of those. You remember those landline phones? Yeah. <laughs> he's on one of those landlines. Marlboro shoots it. And it's funny because Tia's there. And she doesn't even react to it being blown up. She's like, well, shit. I'm used to this shit. <laughs> like, I ain't giving a fuck. And Marlboro says he's pissed off. Because, uh, you know... They fucking killed his friends, and we don't give a shit about you, and we wanted to change that damn lease. And Sizemore says the lease stands, so either kill me or get the hell out of my office. Well, he, he's because he's a businessman. He goes, "Get the fuck out of my office," and you're like, "Oh yeah. he ain't fucking playing." He does not seem at all shaken by these guys coming in. I don't know where Sizemore comes from as a corporate guy. Most corporate guys are always kind of shown as like they're big, they're big dogs until someone brings out a gun and then all of a sudden they start getting scared. Yeah. But Sizemore is not worried about nothing. He comes from the fucking streets. I guess like so. Like maybe he is grew he? up in the fucking rock and roll bar and grill with them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then, uh, so then uh, Sizemore says he makes 500K a year to run the bank, which, oh God, I would fight for 500K. In I would, 1996 I would, money. Oh my god. And uh he says he makes another fifty million dollars no, a year. You have it the other way around. He makes fifty million to run the bank and five hundred million to sell the the drugs. It's crazy. Yeah. Like that's a quite a hell of a drug ring going on there, so I can see the uh traction to doing something like that for a living. And Harley says, Well, game's over. Yeah. Go ahead and do it, Marlboro. Put this guy under. Fucking Marlboro but kicks it, the door open and goes, Miami Vice. <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> he says there's no honor in it. You know, this guy doesn't have, Sizemore doesn't have a gun. He's just sitting on his desk and he's being very calm. And unfortunately, it just kind of puts the whole fun out of all of it for Mar- Marlboro. He doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he and tells him, sudden, he's like, my dad said never shoot an unarmed man. And Harley's goes, man, fuck your old man. He's dead. Don't. And then, and then, yeah. And then Marlboro goes, hey, hey, don't bring my dad into this. <laughs> I like that. I like that exchange. And then all of a sudden, they took too long. A bunch of other uh, discount Matrix guys, not the main Matrix guys, but some other dudes come through, and they tell them to drop their weapons. Sizemore says, "You guys are a piece of work. You got an edge, and I like that." But I need to kill y'all sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the Matrix dudes are, are uh, kind of getting ready. They have their guns pointed on. They're ready to kill them. And, of course, we have a very similar. Speaking of Matrix dudes, we have a very similar helicopter scene from the Matrix. Exactly. Uh, the, the Wachanowskis were watching this shit going, write this down, write this down. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is genius. Yeah. Freaking Ginty comes in with a damn helicopter and he tells the he has enough time to tell the guys <laughs> to get he down. Tells Barbaro and Harley, hey, can y'all move out of the way? I'm gonna I'm gonna light this motherfucker up. Can you guys get down for me? Thanks. <laughs> he shoots the whole place up. There's fires. He kills the Matrix guys that are there. He just shoots everything out, and uh, he gives a. Uh, he gives a ginty baby wave. Yeah. And he just heads out from there. He's like, bye. I hope you enjoyed my presence in this film. But I think we need to also mention that he only kills those two guys. Uh, Tia's hiding behind a fucking glass desk. Uh, uh, what's his name? 
oh god um whoever Tom, sizemore yeah, is tom sizemore is hiding behind his desk and then everybody else is on the floor it, it he just lit that fucking place up i mean everything else has got to be that lightweight japanese kevlar you know yeah like he shot a th- like a thousand bullets to kill two guys i mean not that effective but very fun. essentially what they did in the matrix with that scene too pretty much and uh sizemore asks uh, so you paid him to do that and harley says well that was your money so technically you paid him and he did it for free (laughs) (laughs) i know i love that marlboro points the gun at him and uh and i think he can't do it you know he can't do it so instead he does the good old harley move and he throws the gun at sizemore and he kind of like oh whoa 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 and then freaking Marvel tackles Sizemore and just whoops his ass, of course, because he's just some corporate stooge. And he just whoops his ass. Sizemore is almost about to fall out the damn window of the building because it was all shot up by freaking Ginty. He's about to freaking fall out. He grabs Marlboro's boot. Oh, yeah. And uh, what happens here, man? Well, that <laughs> fine hand-stitched Italian leather of his boot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, the duct tape. Uh starts to fall apart and it starts to fall he's sliding out he's sliding out and what do you know the boot comes off and we get that classic action movie plunge to his death which we've seen so many times but i do love seeing tom sizemore just fall to his exactly he's fallen down just down into downtown la falling to his death (laughs) unlike you know much like his career would in another 10 years (laughs) And, uh, the dust has settled after Tom Sizemore dies, and uh, it looks like Marlboro's back to bull riding again. He took Har- he took Harley's uh, uh, advice and decided to go back into the damn rodeo. Harley asks if he wants to head out with him, and you know, just like, hey man, let's go on our own Harley and Marlboro adventures. You know, this was fun, and of course, like I would have told Harley, Marlboro says, "I'm good, man." <laughs> I'd rather not die every time. I mean, like when I see my dumbass would have watched it. I would have the <laughs> I would have like the Harley Davidson Mar- Marlboro Man trilogy box set, like you know, <laughs> under my Christmas tree, and be like, "Fuck yeah!" Oh, there's the one where they go to Florida. A, <laughs> I do have a feeling that if this movie had made money, we would have had like at least three movies of this fucking thing. And uh, they give each other a good bro hug to you know they 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 longingly look at each other in appreciation of their of each other's manliness to a '90s power ballad. Yes, we get this solid '90s power ballad. Marlboro says, "Okay, big boy." That's, uh, he's not telling Harley this. He's telling a bull this. <laughs> he says, "Okay, big boy, let's make it a good one." And we see a stunt man who is supposed to look like Don Johnson. <laughs> And he rides the bull very well. Uh, some uh, that that metal ballad, that uh, hair metal ballad's going on, and it, Harley heads out, and he sees a lady that looks like a discount Kelly Kapowski. Yep. And he asks her, uh, "Where are you headed?" She says, uh, "Nowhere special." 
She gets on the back of his bike, which, by the way, uh, you tell me, Charlie, doesn't look like his bike is that really meant to have anyone behind him because she has, like, very little space. Fuck no. She's riding on the fender. And, like, <laughs> like actually, to this day, every time I watch it, her little backpack, uh, there's, like, that little strap on her backpack, and it gets, like, dangerously close to the rear wheel. And I watch that, and I'm like, oh, that's that's not safe. <laughs> Okay, good. Because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, man, the, about just a, a few miles over, they definitely got into some kind of wreck because her damn backpack is right there. Or by she the fell wheel. off. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, it, she wraps her arms and legs around him, but not tightly. And she's literally riding on the fender. There's no cushion. There's no nothing. Like, you know, in 30 minutes, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm over this. I remember why I left. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's you know, the girl that left him in the beginning. That's... I, yeah, probably No, is. it is. Because that's you probably... see, he whips out that picture of her, like, twice. That's her. Oh, so that is the girl. Yes. Oh, I thought it was just some random chick. No. He's not that good. Oh, thanks, Charlie. Hey, hey, hey. I watch this movie every day for an entire summer vacation. So I realized it like after the third month of watching this movie. (laughs) I was like, hey, to be fair, last week I realized Robert Ginty's in this movie. (laughs) Okay. That's true. There's a lot for this movie to give. Um, she jumps on. They ride into the sunset. End of credits. We get to hear this metal, you know, hair metal ballad. End of movie. And I will say that uh, there were some very, very memorable characters in this movie. I, I will say, and, and it's honest, yeah. you know, we, we had some good characters. And I'm going to do a little quick impression for y'all. And guess what? Uh, the guest today... Good old Charlie's going to help me out with this impression. This is a segment I like to go. Quick impression. Oh, shit. I'm excited. Quick impressions. Take up the heading in 010. There's seven clicks northeast of here. Sounds like the same heading my co-pilot shouted out. Today we chopped it into k Last thing the ugly bastard ever said, shut the fuck up and fly, Tom. Okay. Take a heading of 010. There's seven clicks northeast of here. You know, that's the... That's the same heading my co-pilot shouted out today with chopping into Keisha. Last thing the ugly bastard ever said. Shut the fuck up and fly, Tom. Uh, okay. Okay. Hey, is, is Robert Guinea Puerto Rican? <laughs> like, I'm confused because we're going to play the clip and people are going to go, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, but my cricket brushes are supposed to be okay, awful. So, not going to lie, your best one was Kurt Fuller saying jockass and doing that that was the funniest fucking impression <laughs> uh, to, like to this day like i'll sit there sometimes and be like is my money not good enough for you 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 jockass <laughs> and my girlfriend will go what are you fucking doing we're in the supermarket like <laughs> like people are looking at you 
<laughs> I I will admit that was maybe one of the most <laughs> fun impressions I've ever done. It was. That one and the... Um, <laughs> if, if you don't mind me saying, it was pure gold and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a throwback? <laughs> I love it. So, as you know, Charlie, I do rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. You get the full, f- the full man, the full, f- the full <laughs> Fu Manchu mustache. I, I think we already know what this one is going to be. I mean, I'm not even alive. You, well, wait, 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 wait. We don't know. We, we the do listeners know. might not know. know. I might not. I might know what you want, but we get the, <laughs> the full Fu Manchu. If it's a high recommendation, we get the uh, the walrus mustache. If it's like a hell yeah badass movie. We get the horseshoe mustache if it's a eh, it's a movie and it's okay to watch. We get the freaking toothbrush mustache, the Hitler mustache. If it is a burn in hell, I hope I never see this movie again, and you shouldn't. But see, Charlie, but see, I th- I wonder what my mustache would be because I have like eight holes in my face, six on one side and two on the other. I think that's worse <laughs> than a toothbrush mustache. But <laughs> you're like the Riddler. <laughs> it's like I thought you were giving me a riddle. No, I'm like a prepubescent <laughs> boy at 32. Okay. <laughs> when is my beard coming in yeah well i'm still waiting so it's around the corner man it's around the corner uh you know what i i i, I people are gonna say that i'm biased i mean i told you already at the very beginning i love this movie would i give it a hitler charlie chan ron male mustache no not at all because i don't feel it deserves that i would give it a full fu manchu mustache because let me let me tell you why Okay, one, I'm biased. I love this movie. But two, from start to end, man, it is just a fun romp that does not take itself seriously. It just, it's a good movie to watch when you're bored, you're, you know, you're drunk, you come home, you're like, man, I need some pizza, I need some adrenaline going, you know, or like, hey, it's Sunday afternoon, I don't want to do chores, I want to watch a movie, you know, but I don't, I don't want to watch Godfather 2. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be the top. I, I'm going to give it the best one. All right. Okay. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. This did get you through uh, those years, uh, those formative years. Well, I will. I will honestly give this a solid. I'm going to give this a solid walrus mustache. I thought you would. I, I thought you would. And it's okay. Uh, you know. Yeah, I was. I was borderline kind of leaning to horseshoe at first but i saw this twice i saw it once full through just to kind of enjoy it and then i took the notes which is the more rigorous shitty part of doing this show but (laughs) i really liked the feeling of it i think there's a lot of good um good scenes in it there's a lot of good dialogue it's kind of ridiculous but it it has its own sense of humor about it all and there's a lot of actors, um, not a lot, but there's definitely a, there's plenty of actors that you just didn't see a lot in movies. You're like, oh, look, that's what they were doing in 1990. And you know, there's a lot of actors that you don't see anymore. Like, you don't see Tia, too. you know, you, you don't see, I mean, you see Don Johnson in some movies where you're like, fuck, Don's a good actor, you know, but you don't see Robert Ginty because he's dead, but you know. You don't. When was the last time you saw Daniel Baldwin in a movie? I was gonna say like good old Danny Baldwin. If you want to get some full Danny Baldwin, there is plenty of him sprinkled throughout this whole thing. So yeah, yeah I definitely give this walrus mustache. I had a damn good time. I'm very thankful that you brought this to you the are show, welcome, sir. Um, 
do you have any uh, plugs or are you planning on doing anything cool <laughs> that you want people to know about? I mean, I, I work on my van a lot, but I don't post that. I, I, I don't have a podcast. I'm a normal guy. Like, not to say that people with podcasts are abnormal. I mean, maybe. We I hope not. <laughs> maybe. But <laughs> I'm just a regular dude who enjoys listening to podcasts, watching, you know, exploitation and crappy movies, dick flicks. Well, you know, movies like this is a dick flick, not watching dick flicks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, work, working yeah, working yeah. on my van, working on, you know, cars all that's i'm a i'm a i'm a car guy well do you post those photos on like instagram i, on I your... do but it's private i just i i enjoy my privacy <laughs> <laughs> well well if you want to imagine what uh charlie's van looks like just message me and i'll give you some description of uh what it's what's coming how it's coming along exactly because i have seen uh, photos of him putting together his van and the slowly uh, putting it, you know, customizing it, and it is quite a marvel. Thank it's you. like purple color, it's, right? It's, it's um, like a Merlot, I guess, is what it's called, but it's going to have metallic <laughs> flakes in it. It's such a fancy bitch. I, I mean, I, I, I don't take vanning lightly, man. <laughs> you don't, and I, you don't. I would never. <laughs> I ever would tell anyone that you take it. Not if I had to, if I had to choose, man, I would say my top three is going to be van sex and breathing in that order. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to know. We'll get to know Charlie more when we have him back on the show. Until then. Follow the Mustachio Podcastio on Instagram, M-O-U-S-T-A-S-T-I-O Podcastio. And you can also find me on Twitter at mpodcastio. And also, you know, rate and review the podcast on anywhere where you listen to podcasts. If it's on Google Play or whether it's yeah. on Apple Podcasts, rate the place. Definitely. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm, I just <laughs> said definitely. I agree with you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, yeah, I mean, I've liked the reviews that have come. You know, through. and actually, I tell you what, let me get this one in really quick. Um, if anybody here is also a fan of the Grind Bend, and you guys join the Patreon and join the Discord, we do movie nights. Uh, actually, we usually do movie nights on Friday, and Eddie usually does them on a on a Saturday night, but. We watch a lot of fun movies, and it's super casual. Daniel, you've dropped in a couple times and watched some casual movies, and we riff or joke and talk about them, and it's just it's a lot of fun. Kind of like what we had here tonight, just a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're a fellow weirdo that wants to talk about movies with a bunch of other weirdos like us, jump on yeah. in. You know, join the grind bin. Uh, uh, you don't um, even have to listen Patreon. to the podcast; just pay them two dollars a month and come hang out with us. <laughs> yeah, and you can have some real Wait, friends. Wait, I don't think I you mean. can post that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, yes, you do do a great job of finding some fun movies to talk about, and uh, so does Eddie. So, yes, thank you so much thank you. for uh, joining the show today, Charlie. I truly appreciate it. Thank you it. for having me, Daniel. I hope, uh, I hope I can do it again sometime. All right, man. Well, you go ahead and uh, you tell everyone bye. I'll see you. Check you all later. Good night, everybody. Bye.